Alcohol Beyond This Point podcast. This isn't two podcasters talking business. This is two business guys trying to podcast. I don't know. I feel like doing a podcast where we drink copious amounts of alcohol. Tighten then, your fucking microphone when you're talking to me. And then, and then also <laughs> trying to like do our own tech. tech. Like we're engineering. More. No more. I'll be no, your it's, audio it's, engineer. It's, 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 it's both. So there's a thing where uh, every single week I, I tighten up Willow's microphone stand because it's, I mean, they're janky as shit. We have great mics, terrible stands. And every single week I come back and it's just loose as all hell. And I don't know how he does it. I'm honestly impressed. I Yours looks fine. It is fine. <laughs> Mine never like, needs to be retouched. Like, right yeah. Yeah, I don't I, even touch it, so I'm not even sure like how, yeah, how no, this it, happens. I don't know. You just, I don't know. Things just fall apart around fucking willows oh by the way the third voice in the room that uh disembodied voice is uh our good friend mitch um he didn't say exactly i wanted to be introduced so i'm going to call him uh professional wilderness man extraordinaire uh, that's pretty close yeah he's a hunting and fishing guide uh here in the lovely outback of manitoba and um beautiful manitoba yes not quite outback yes and uh he is a tall muscular white guy but is actually metis and from way the fuck up north yep <clears throat> moved here from Yellowknife back in uh, grade three so. so look that up on a map you americans if you want to know how fucking far away that is i just got a uh subscriber to my wine club from from Yellowknife. Mm. it's a beautiful city i uh Beautiful village. Good sh- it, it's a city. It's the capital. Good, sh- it's the good capital shopping. Of twenty-seven thousand people. It's not quite in the Arctic Circle. And uh, is it above the tree line, though? No, there's trees there. Okay, all right. All right. <laughs> there's. Uh, it's beautiful. Like right now, the sun's going to be. I think in. Uh, where is it? In Nuvik, they just had their last sunset. Right until. Then- the sun uh, until the winter comes again. Man, that's got to be weird. Yeah, we used to put tinfoil on our windows growing up um, just because the sun would be out until 2, 3 in the morning. We I remember coming back, fishing some nights. I'd look at the clock. He'd be like, Dad, it's midnight. And he'd be like, ah, don't worry about it. Yeah, We're it just still make fish tonight. <laughs> it just kind of gets darker, but it never fully... Yeah, it just kind of dips just beneath the horizon, and it's... Uh, so you get really long sunsets, basically. Yeah, one really long sunset, and sometimes it'll dip for just a couple hours. How's the? Because uh, I always gotta be asked this. How's the? Uh, how's the alcohol industry up there? You got a lot of bars? Because I feel like there's nothing else to do. You know what I mean? If well, I grew up there, so I was moved out in you were grade, young, grade three you weren't so. much of a drinker no i was like is that what you're saying you were, you were still like in your club phase uh you're not grade three you're not gonna yeah. you're not gonna fit in here i'm kidding i only started drinking <laughs> when i was 19 but <laughs> uh, 19 damn yeah he wouldn't i'm win. the outlier here yeah willows is the outlier he started drinking when he met me basically really more, <laughs> like more I, or less yeah I, 15 i got i was like 15 yeah grade 10 grade 10 for me as yeah. well but end of grade 10 yeah, yeah we we had a um we had one of our friend group's mothers was like, you can drink alcohol, but as long as you don't leave my house kind of thing. Yeah, that's... Because she, she would rather us do that than go drink in a park, which we also did, to be fair, but... So... <laughs> yeah, or some, like, 
23-year-old guy that you don't really know why he's offering you guys yeah. all beer. Oh, yeah. Stuff. <laughs> what are your it's fucking like, intentions? Yeah. yeah, we, uh, the the woman's, the girl's older sister used to buy us alcohol. And I remember she gave me my first shot of alcohol, of hard liquor, and it was uh, Bacardi 151, mm. which is uh, 75% alcohol. That's nice, nice way to get started. It's, like, I, me, it's I, like me drinking a Guinness Dark for my first beer. Yeah, and I had never had a shot of alcohol before. And she didn't even know my name. She's like, vote Willows, come over here. So she called me. And uh, she's like, you ever take a shot before? And I'm like, nope. She's like, okay, take a little bit of this Coca-Cola in your mouth. Take take the shot, a little bit more Coca-Cola. I'm like, okay. And then I did it, and then I don't remember the rest of the night. So, But uh, do they still make Bacardi 151? Because it's banned here in Manitoba specifically, I know. Really? Yeah. Damn. Yeah, some kid died on it. Nice. They also, that's Could why they ban, uh, Canada entirely banned Four loco. And, well, not only for local, but, like, the entire category, uh, category of, of energy liquor? No. So, yeah. I, no, actually, so Canada, we never had the four local with energy shots in it. That They had to take that out before they could market it here. No, uh, it's, I don't, I want to say it's freeze distilled, but I don't think that's tr- fractional distilled, something like that. It's the way they make it to take out even more of the alcohol flavor. Right. It's like a after process. So they've banned that entire process now. Hmm. The same kind of thinking as uh, by uh, banning uh, like menthol cigarettes. So, what other kind of uh, what other kind of drinks use that aside from Four Loko? Do you I, know? I don't really know any other brands off the top of my head. It's all just shitty, the same kind of thing. Get drunk, it's, get drunk liquor. Yeah, yeah, for and like marketed to children basically, right? Yeah, like that's why they're getting like, rid of like flavored vapes and stuff. I was gonna say like Jewel. It's like nobody else buys them except. 13, 13 year olds yeah. that want to yeah want a 12 percent fucking can of alcohol that tastes like a monster energy drink right so got i it. remember the first time i got drunk it was off this product called vex which is essentially just like blue freezy with my mom used to drink vex yeah yeah it's... back in the day i don't think that exists anymore either. no it does not i've checked <laughs> oh man the, uh, uh so we we had some feedback from one of our uh, product few product reviews um we we drank some uh, purple stuff yeah, <laughs> so uh, we a few episodes ago we drank a uh, the two liter of purple iced tea or whatever, and uh, the what's it called again? Oh, Hector's Hector's hard. Hector's hard. Yeah, and we had some Hector's hard. Uh, and actually, the the brand rep reached out to me and what? said that she had listened to the episode. Really? Yeah, is it, yeah. Is, uh, we local? were we were critical about it's local. Yeah, so we it was critical. We were critical about it. But, but we were fair. We also we were, kind of enjoyed it. She thought it was funny, though, because I said, like, yeah, that tastes like purple <laughs> or something along those <laughs> and, lines. And, she's and used... she used that in a sales pitch. She's yeah. like, if you ever want to know what purple tastes like. Um, so, <laughs> so It tastes uh, like purple. So I asked her where my <laughs> check. She's got a good attitude. I asked her where my check was. What? For, like, where's my fucking check if you're taking my, my lines here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My royalty, yeah, my royalty check. Where's my check? And she read that message and never responded. So that's I don't know. awesome. Dude. I hope she's. I was kidding. I if hope you're, she's fine. If you're listening, out, yeah. shout out you. You know you are. Um, Props to her for jamming it in a two liter, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, she has nothing to do with that. She's their sales rep, but yeah. uh, oh, okay. it's. Uh, yeah, they already have a two liter line um, because they make a very, very, very cheap and bad beer in it's in two liters that's kind of famous here in manitoba so they already have the line so fuck it throw the throw the iced tea in but they're doing cans as well now for the summer i think to continue on that thread to calling it 
to call it iced tea is a bastardization of the category. Yeah, it's... <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't taste anything like iced tea. No, it I don't... Ta- it tastes like a purple Jolly Rancher. I mean, you don't have to put... It's so sweet. I was saying... I said blueberry yogurt is what I mm, said. It tastes like hangover to me. Yeah, we drank the two-liter between the two of us on that episode. Yeah, it was pretty so. bad. It's 7% I mean, alcohol. I mean, it was great, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> Mitch is just shivering. <laughs> He's a strong beer kind of guy. Okay. I do love beer. Yeah, you do love. Yeah, like you, Mitchell. When we get together and have parties, you typically bring over a handful of craft beers, which is a man after my own heart. Yeah, tell us about your drinking. I feel like <laughs> I feel like me and you are like one of the only people in our friend group that does that. I mean, we're you're currently drinking a Paps Blue Ribbon, but uh, leftover from camping. It's uh, yeah, it's camping season, man. I have to adjust some of my budgeting. I've been yeah. That's same reason I haven't been buying craft. It's yeah. like sixty bucks for ten beers. It's like mm. so. Well, I guess 12. that 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 segues me into um, one of the first things I talked wanted to talk about is I haven't really seen you guys since you got back from your camping trip. So yeah, how was how was that? It was, it was a trip. Yeah, it was a trip. It we had some delicious brilliant. tea. Watch what you say. Yeah, Obviously. we had some delicious tea and we went on a trip. Uh, it was uh, we went for a hike. And uh, saw some beautiful uh, scenery, laughed our goddamn asses off, as we usually do. Yep. Saw a prairie crocus, or a bunch of them. Yep. Um, saw some sunsets, and it was really fucking cold at night. We could, like, see our, oh, bre- we could, yeah, we was, could, like, see uh, our breath as we were getting into It was into literally our... zero or, yeah. or colder yeah. here. Yeah. I remember thinking, like, the night you left, and I, like... Walk back from out of my office at like eleven thirty, and I'm like, I was like, it's fucking cold right now. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, and I, we're, I, was, yeah. I was thinking about you guys, like in yeah. the in the tent. And we, I mean, we were outside for three days. Like it was, there's no. That's the that's the great thing about that kind of camping. It's like there's no relief from the temperature. You just have to find a way to get comfortable. Because you were just backwards extra camping, hoodies. right? No, we were like uh, car camping, like just regular French, front country camping. Yeah, front country, called. like just drive up site. But no uh, basic site, no electricity. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So. No electricity, no water. Um, I guess there was because, a bath. There's a bathroom pretty close by, so we had a toilet. Because there's some severe flooding right now, and all the places you wanted to go were underwater. Yeah. Yeah, literally. Literally everywhere else we wanted to go were either underwater or close to it or closed because the trails were just so wet. Yeah. 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 So moist. Well, I, and last year everything was closed because of fire ban. So yeah. Thanks global warming. So one yeah. extreme to the next. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that that's like um, you're like by trade, you've done a lot of work um, in the wilderness. You've kind of monetized the wilderness. Like you've like, can you go into kind of like how maybe people that live in big cities don't really know how like the guiding industry functions? Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> so for guiding, there's essentially two categories. I would say there's like the local guys that uh, usually guys who have, or sorry, let me start out over. So there's the people who work at lodges. And when you work at a lodge, you can get anywhere from like a local uh, Aboriginal or a um, just like a young guy like me. That's how I started. I just gung ho had an interview with the uh, with the lodge owner. I was like, this is what I want to do. I'm willing to, you know, work my way up. I started out working on the docks, just helping out. And then you work, I worked my way up to uh, eventually guiding full-time. But you get guys that are kind of like rookies starting out at that stage, working at lodges. But then you can get into like the guys who consider themselves professional. 
and they'll have their own business and it's not necessarily like they're guiding out of a lodge it's like mitch bolio professional guide here's everything that i'm good at and let's go fishing but so you would uh so then those people would just kind of post uh post something being like this is what i do or make a website that they and then people would book them to go take them out places yeah so it's not like so these people wouldn't have like a spot they they don't like own an island or something they just bring you out into wherever yeah some some guys will own like uh one of the guys like a local guys i forget his name on the river like red river cats or something and he has a spot right by the Lockport Dam, and he has his own launch, and that's kind of his base of operations. But I know in the winter, he'll also go out onto Lake Winnipeg, like further out, further areas, just to kind of like broaden his like customer base, you know? Yeah, yeah. More offering. Okay. Because you can, you, can you just kind of go, like I know you can on like Crown Land, but can you just kind of go out onto a lake and no one can stop you kind of thing? Typically, I mean, some lakes have specific restrictions. Mm -hmm. Like Like you can't go on to where we get all our water from and just (laughs) fuck around. (laughs) Yeah, some like Manitoba is actually really well, really good about that. Some lakes are uh, electric motors only. Some lakes are just no motors. And some motors uh, lakes are like no wakes within like 100 meters of shore. Like right now with the white shell flooding, they have that going on to prevent uh, shore erosion. Okay, yeah, yeah. And for for reference, Manitoba has the highest amount of lakes per capita, I think, per versus population in the world, I believe. I don't know that statistic I, off I, the top of my head, but that I, sounds about right. I know we have over a hundred thousand lakes because I always tell this story. Our uh, in Manitoba here, our license plates on cars say "Friendly Manitoba," and they used to say a hundred thousand lakes. And Minnesota in the United States, wasn't it? Don't they have ten thousand lakes? Say ten thousand lakes. <laughs> so they and we're a- so we're, we're touching, by the way. And we're yeah we're yeah we share a border. So they asked us politely if we would remove our hundred thousand lakes because it was making them feel bad. Typical. And we said Canadian yes. And then politeness. So, and then the people that said okay, let's remove it. We're like, what should we do? It's like, well, that was a really friendly move. Hmm. hmm. And then now we're from the Manitoba. <laughs> so that's that's a little bit of lore behind that that I well, think is pretty funny. We still have all those lakes, so they can suck it. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's 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 like we have well over a hundred thousand lakes. Um, There's a bunch of cool. unnamed lakes. Actually. I was going to say a lot fewer lakes I, now like... because they're all one big fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> They'll yeah. drain out. Can you just like name a lake if you discover it? They uh, actually after I think after World War II they named a bunch of lakes after a bunch of vets. Okay. They're just. There's just so many, right? They're like, God damn. Like, there's unnamed creeks. There's unnamed lakes still. Which is cool. Like, I, like, Canada, we're very, very fortunate that we have such kind of untamed wilderness. Like, Yeah. Northern like, Manitoba is, like, still a frontier, basically. Ha- have you ever been in a plane above, like, northern Manitoba, like, above the forest? Like, No, in, no not that no. far, no. It, no. It's like... I remember I was flying up to one of the stores um, in one of our communities and uh, I was talking, I was sitting up with the pilot because there's a call pilot and he was talking to me. He's like, man, I don't know why everyone's looking at Mars or, you know, the moon or space. He's like, look at all this space. What do you see? It's just 
Like it's just it's just so rich and vast. It's just for miles. It was just like it's just swamps, trees, rocks, and animals. And how far outside the major city are we talking here? Um, like to get to that kind of wilderness, you don't yeah. need to go far in Manitoba, which is cool. Like, like I remember um, our friend JL, um, who is kind of our the. The third one of these four musketeers. Here, Mitch, this one matches your hands. Thank you. We we would do a uh, <laughs> we would do a all four of us on a podcast, but we only have three mics, so we'll we'll swap you back and forth. Yeah, we but, told um, JL uh, BYOM, and uh, he didn't show. So <laughs> yeah, Fucking so guy. but he 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 is a friend in Germany, I guess, and he was telling me that they don't have a single square foot of land that hasn't been developed in Germany. So that's why they just recently um, they repossessed like three hundred thousand homes or like apartment buildings from private landlords and like nationalized them because they their their housing crisis was like they couldn't build any more homes because there's no more land. They have to nowhere home. to go. Yeah, they have no more room. Yeah, and, and it was uh, it was actually something. It was um, what do they call it? Like it was uh, an issue that was on the ballot. It was voted on directly Plebiscites, by the people. Yeah. they call it. Yeah, so it was an issue on the ballot, and it was overwhelmingly voted in favor of. I mean, obviously, the landlords fought it like hell, but they got paid fair value and whatever, so but they lost it. What, what are they doing with this repossessed land? Like, making it into, like... No, so it was, like, big apartment buildings okay. that were, like, half vacant, because apparently, I guess after the Berlin Wall fell, um, they just had these big tenements or whatever, and they've just been in private hands since then. Um, that and they're like half empty, and it's just like, oh, whatever. It's appreciates, makes me money, right? So they like the government, I guess, seized it as putting like uh, low income homes. Like, oh, they're like, oh. you're not doing anything value of value with this right now. Yeah. So we're yeah. gonna repossess it more or less. Yeah, but it was this. It was interesting to see or to hear that like that country is like they can't do anything else because there's nowhere to build. And yeah. then Canada is literally 99% undeveloped crown land. Which should be protected. Well, yeah, yeah I agree. Definitely. But in the, in the global <laughs> scale, we should probably keep it fucking empty. Because we're going to be the last frontier well, of fresh water. Yeah, fast forward 100 years, it's, it's like, because Europe is just old, right? Yeah, like, correct. That's, yeah, yeah. that's the problem. They were like, well, we keep living places where there's bears. And yeah, <laughs> well, fast have that. Fast forward 1,000 years. More yeah. Like, yeah. Well, because we're, we're a 150-year-old country, right? 155 years. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's right. pubs that are older than, than our country. Yeah. And settlers have been in this land. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. So... That's so, an interesting. So just quick update for the listeners only. Um, I just poured everyone a drink here, which is a not as cold as it should be uh, Boilermaker. Or um, what did you call it? What's the Canadian name? I think Sidecars or Snake Bites. I think it's all kind of the same thing. Either way, it's uh, whiskey in a pint of beer. And um, this was inspired by my currently favorite show, Always Sunny, where they get served liquor by a monkey and then robbed blind and... Uh, it was whiskey beer, and whiskey beer is fucking great. So we're gonna get fucking drunk on whiskey beer. Yeah, we um. Shout out to the monkey. Shout out to the monkey, and shout out to whiskey beer, and thanks to Bumbo by <laughs> Little Wayne. By Little Wayne. Bamboo. It's a U at the end, not an O. Oh. Can you read? I. I guess not. I can try. It's these sidecars. Yeah, absolutely. It. It's I. It's gonna be fucking strong. It was like four drinks. 
and I gave Mitch the biggest glass, which I, is I, I saw that, which is like <laughs> larger than his head, and uh, it's almost as tall as a wine wine uh, bottle. I only had yeah, three. It's, yeah, that's like Mitch head size. Yeah. If you're watching the uh, video version of this podcast on YouTube.com/slash/VoteWillows, you can see that uh, Mitch has a big cup and a pink shirt. It's purple. <laughs> I'm not going through this again. Yeah. I, I have this. <laughs> I have this. I it's have like, this pink fuck. dress shirt. It's, oh no! It's definitely that, lavender that I bought, yeah. and my ex was like, "That's purple," and I'm like, "This is pink." And we had an argument for weeks, and I have not conceded yet. So. Yeah, is, I mean, they broke up. So. Yeah, I was gonna say that was the reason. Actually, I had I actually had a moment like that today where um I sent one of my guys to go finish off. Oh, I thought um, I was gonna say I almost broke up with Carly over no, something. No, <laughs> damn. No, that would never happen. Um. No, I, we, I sent one of my guys off to like finish grouting this thing, and I'm like, okay, so the grout or this color respect this from the designer, but it's already been done in like the wrong color, so make sure we continue to do it in the wrong color because the customer's happy with it. Um, and it's like, oh, the spec color was ivory, but what was installed was brown. But apparently, um, ivory is brown. Ivory. Wait, ivory, ivory the white. color as opposed to ivory the substance? Is that yeah, the difference? Yeah, ivory the color. And like, know, he shows up and he's like, no, this is ivory. Like puts like a, you know, like the color swatches you get from fucking Home Depot, like next to the thing. And it was like, yeah, it matched perfectly. It was ivory. Exactly. No, it was like, yeah, that's like, it was like halfway between that and this table is how brown it was. It was like sand. Um, and I was you like, I think colors are like an interpretation. I Literally like l- the most insane I've ever felt is standing in a room with four architects and a project manager and them arguing about color matching and just like going through like shades of gray. They also that was one of the most infuriating experiences of my life. They They're like talking about like warm tones and cold tones and like uh, that I understand. Fifty Shades of Grey to Tyler is a fucking horror story. Literally. <laughs> it took, we went through four brands of products. They also say men are worse at interpreting This was colors. four men. But just in general. Yeah, it's true. Right? Yeah, this was four dudes. Oh, just with their eyes? Yeah. I th- yeah, men are worse than women that, at identifying colors. Yeah, I, apparently it's, I think it's a, um, it's an evolutionary thing where we're better at like, um, like direction, motion, distance, I think, for hunting. And that then, makes sense. And uh, then women are better with colors for gathering. Because yeah. herbs and flowers and shit. It's like, oh, is that purple or pink? That's a fucking, dip- might, might kill you. And the men are like, brown thing, move. <laughs> or more like, throw. I don't, they, I don't know how to make a throw noise. What do they like? <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> on that note of, uh, <laughs> and, um, fucking school shootings, eh? Yeah, it's sad. To, I like, yeah. It's Again. Hard. What can we even say that hasn't been said before, right? Like, um, well, actually, I'm glad you asked. Uh, we have a wilderness expert and gun enthusiast on the show today, and not just two fuckers. I wouldn't say a gun enthusiast. Well, you are a gun okay. user. I I do use guns in, often in the very appropriate and original intention of such weapons. Okay, so exactly. You, you aside from shooting other people, I guess, which is really the original intentions. But anyways, yeah, I guess you're one of the really. Only... Do you think that was the original intention of <laughs> the gun? The reason the gun is what it is today. <laughs> it's so it you was can like, shoot people oh, better. Oh, we we can shoot prey with this too now. <laughs> no, like the shooting. No, yeah, he shooting... shot somebody and it went through him and killed a deer. And he was like, wait a second here. <laughs> Epiphany. I think yeah, shooting. You can hunt with this? <laughs> I think shooting prey probably peaked at like bows, and then they're like. 
we no, need they to have get like better at killing Lulu, people. That thing where they like with the the string and they can launch it faster than the bow. It's called a sling. I, had, I play Civilization. It had some. It it, it wasn't a sling. It wasn't. But, a let sling. me think of the word. Yeah. So, anyways, um, obviously the biggest function of guns is usually killing other people, and that's why they're so advanced. But also, there's like a side or alongside is hunting. And hunting technology, obviously, is massively advanced over the years. And, like, you know, I was going shopping for camping supplies at Cabela's. And, God damn, is there a lot of ways to spend your money. And there's some oh amazing stuff in there. <laughs> so, like, I guess, you, yeah, you're the only one. I've worked at Cabela's. Okay, that too. But you're the only one out of my friends that has firearms, I guess. Not true. You don't, you don't own a firearm. Sophie. She doesn't own it. She has, she let her license lapse because you have to get it. You have to pay for it every year or whatever. Oh. Uh, and um, so, how how do you th- like? First of all, let's start in our country because I I find that infinitely more interesting than the United States as far as gun laws go. Because yeah. in how, America, they're just kind of like fuck it, constitution. You're, you're alive and an American citizen. Yeah. Here, here's your birthright, bitch. Yeah. So that yeah. it's like it's it's hard to even have a sophisticated debate about it when they're just like not nah, constitution shit says yeah because um, the current laws are the the current quote-unquote agenda they're pushing right now is it's called constitutional carry which is basically unconditional carry with no strings attached for everyone at any time in any situation yeah so which is you know that's but fun. so how do you how do you think of this country's gun laws i think <clears throat> my i mean my ear is not necessarily to the ground on the issue so sure but I uh, you're the president of the cnra yeah <laughs> <laughs> No, I am not. <laughs> Fight. I'll, maybe I'll make but president next I do year. think Canada does a great job. I mean, getting my pile, they like they contact pretty much everyone in your life, yeah, including your ex exes. Yeah, you were telling me they call you like your ex girlfriend. They'd be like, "Is he gonna kill you with a fucking gun?" Yeah, has like, he ever been really? Violent, like, yeah, yeah, it takes for like it takes a couple months. Like, it'd be more like, have you ever process. been afraid of him physically? That'd probably be enough. Like. It wouldn't take. I don't know what the criteria is. It's a low bar. It's it's. Uh, and I and I know they do talk to many people in your life. And I know you have to like, um, if you have a restricted weapon, like you can't have it. You have to, if you ever want to discharge it, you have to like tell them where you're going to yeah, shoot it. I, I'm pretty sure if so, you want to move it, you have to let them know when you're moving it. Yeah, well, you have to. And it has to be uh, fully have, cased. Apparently, you well, that's to, any gun, but apparently you have to submit a travel plan and if there's like the roads closed and they catch you off the travel plan you're like sorry the road was closed they're like fuck you and they'll arrest you it doesn't matter it's, there's literally no excuse yeah i have a couple of buddies with their restricted pal and it's like yeah it is super heavily monitored like yeah. it's very difficult well, it's not super difficult to get once you get your actual pal but it's very cum it like Owning a restricted firearm is very cumbersome in Canada. Yeah, so to well, and they can show up at your house at any time if yeah. you have one to check if it's and strip search you. Literally, I think like <laughs> uh, so. To clarify for people that don't know, uh, the initial one that he was describing with like the background checks, calling your relatives, exes, everyone, uh, that would be your reg. That'd be like a re- for a regular hunting rifle, like a long that, gun. That's like your regular pal, your yeah. regular possession acquisition license. Yeah, and that's just for um, weapons that long are guns long guns, shotguns, yeah. muzzle loaders, stuff that you would use hunting. Muzzle loaders, which are famously not good for and tannerite too. And tannerite, yeah, which is basically. Is uh, there anything to use tannerite in 2022 for that's not just fun? 
Well, if you're a doomsday prepper. <laughs> I was going to say, if you've got to blow up a beaver's dam yeah. or something. Well, they used to use it That's for... not super effective, but it sure does make a good show. Didn't they? <laughs> well, what did well they put. Use, what did they use? Because it's not as powerful as, like, TNT. No. No, oh, absolutely so not. So what do no. they used to use m- it for? Like, brush clearing and stuff? Like, if you want to uh, take down trees? I don't know, actually, what the traditional... I think, like, so, I think the history of Tannerite is like all, it's, all, all it's like I, fireworks. All somebody... I know about Tannerite is fucking FPS Russia, where it, with his yeah. used to just shoot shit in his backyard. <laughs> yeah, on YouTube, yeah. remember that guy? It's, the, the, that's the why reason... they use it because it doesn't do that much damage. It, it's like it's like propane exploding. Yeah. It's like it's a big bang and a lot of noise, but it doesn't do a lot of damage. And it, you have to shoot it with a high power round for it to ignite. Yeah, with okay. any sort of actual so it, bang. Very very unlikely that you would accidentally set it off. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. it comes in two separate. Uh, there's two components that you mix right before you shoot it. Right, right. So, and then in Canada, um, you can so you can buy those long guns and stuff that are traditionally used for hunting, but none of those can be automatic. No. And none of those can have a magazine more than, what, five rounds or something? Mm, I think with... I'm, I'm looking bad, but I'm pretty sure with, uh, with uh, long guns, it's four or five in the magazine yeah but with uh shotguns it is three total you're allowed in your gun yeah okay so oftentimes shotguns will come like uh they have like a canada version you'll have to buy a plug like you have to like you put a plug in it so it doesn't fit as many as it can yeah yeah because who's manufacturing a shotgun that is fucking three rounds in it no yeah it usually is three in the belly one in the chamber so you gotta block off that one in the belly that's interesting so and then handguns and stuff in this country are exceedingly difficult to Which is the res- restricted that we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, can you have any automatic weapons in this country? No. Not really. I, I don't think so. Don't. You can get a minigun because so. it's technically non-automatic. Uh, you can get some semi-autos, like the SKS is semi-automatic. Which is at, you can shoot it as fast as you can pull the trigger. Yeah. Which is for intents and purposes. But bump stocks, illegal. Yeah. Sawed off is illegal. Yeah. Anything you can conceal easily is pretty much illegal. Yeah, that because would be considered e- restricted. Because even if you have a license for a handgun, um, you can't conceal it. Yeah. I mean like some guys in the like like some guys in the States will like carry like especially if like the guys who hunt alas like big grizzlies, they'll have a handgun right on their chest. Well, I knew a guy and, here that did that. That had his license for, but he wasn't allowed to bring it off the farm. Yeah, I was going to say, like, it's very difficult to do that here. And, like, that is one thing that I think we should change because I would feel a lot more safe in some situations. Because you, have you hunted bears before? Uh, it's not really my thing. But you've it, been out there, I've, obviously. I've encountered bears in the woods many times. Yeah. I have friends who hunt bears. I know how to hunt bears. It's just never been something that interests me it's okay. just the whole because you bait bears in yeah, yeah yeah and uh you essentially just sit in your stand and wait for them to come in it's it's a very different game than like uh you deer mean, hunting you mainly hear hunt deer and elk and stuff like that right yeah i've been in the elk draw for i think eight years now okay so yeah can you uh what's what's an elk draw so there's not very many elk in manitoba there's only a couple areas um mainly kind of near Saskatchewan in the south area, kind of by like Boys of Vane. So with those lower density populations, the province will do what's called a draw. So because like they can't just, yeah, it's like a lottery. It's like, 
and every year you move up a cat like a tier and the odds increase so like can you sell your position on the list i don't believe so i think if you get drawn you can transfer it though okay because you're like fuck off my legs broken this year or something yeah and like it's kind of like scalping at that point it's like if well, a guy gives you $500 on so the table, how are they going to know? We we have a friend whose father owns a, I won't say the name because whatever, but he owns a um, restaurant chain, like over 50 locations from here to the coast. So he's doing okay. Or he used to be because this restaurant chain is not doing so hot in the last five years. But, True. Um, he actually makes like 200 grand a year uh, waiting on lists for private jets. Uh, because you have to have a certain net worth before they'll put you on a list. And then it's like a f- eight year wait list to get up to buy a private jet. Now, this guy has no one one thousandth of the money to afford a fucking private jet. He has no intention of buying this private jet. But he has a net worth. But he has the net worth enough to support it, but not the cash flow to support it. Um, and then every so every time he gets in the top 10 of a list, he sells his position for one hundred thousand dollars. So how that's clever. So how often can you put your name in? Just once, I guess, until you sell it, and then again. Yeah. Well, I guess you can just keep putting it in because. Or have other people's names. I I don't know the details, yeah, but that, but that, he was telling me, but that he's been doing this for a decade. That's amazing. And he's on like five different companies' lists. Right. And every time he okay. gets to the top ten, he'll just sell it to somebody for a hundred grand, so they only have to wait, you know, six months instead of eight years. And these people that are already going to fucking spend fifty million dollars on a jet. Don't give a fuck about spending a hundred grand more to go, get up the list, right? Yeah, and that's that. Now this is a common story for like buying like any car, any luxury car, like a Porsche. You're talking up to thirty, forty percent surcharge to get in a line to get your car within well, two years. Luxury watches, right? Yeah. Like Rolex is notorious for they won't sell to anyone that they don't. They have to call you. Yeah. Um, and even then, they'll call you and be like, "Okay, well, you have to buy all this jewelry from us that you don't like, that you don't want." Yeah. Before we'll even give you the option to buy a Rolex and a bub sticker. <laughs> like, um, damn, but I don't think luxury you, goods market. Yeah. But I don't think you can trade your position. I think it's like you specifically yeah. do that with hunting gear. Well, that's, that's kind of yeah. what I'm thinking right now is that like, can you climb up the list? This is a business podcast after all. Can you climb up the list and then sell your elk posi- <laughs> position? Uh, I don't think legally. Yeah. It's okay. like yeah, yeah. a it's kind provincial of program. It, that kind of shit would it's, be really it's frowned kind upon. Of, it's too small, and if you're trying to make friends, like, I don't know, you might not get on the list again, or yeah, yeah. you get on yeah. someone's shit list. I mean, you've seen how petty this province is. Yes. They'll I, petty, they're petty against you even if you haven't done anything I wrong. deal with the provincial government on a daily basis, and they are vindictive against a lot of people. Of, of, I, they've done worse to me for, for less, so. So don't give them a reason. <laughs> don't give them yeah, a reason. Don't yeah. instigate them. Do yeah. not sell your position in the lottery. <laughs> in the in the in the, in the, the elk in the lottery. Elk and I think there's a moose lottery in some areas. Because you like, you. I won't suck your dick too much, but you are probably one of the best cooks I have experienced as well. Agreed. And maybe that's I, just because you have. I was eating. Guys. I was eating your meat for lunch today. Maybe oh, that's yeah, maybe really that, great. Maybe that's just because you have the best ingredients. But every time we go to the Maybe cabin, it's both. It's both. <laughs> yeah. Every time we go to the cabin or we have a barbecue, we invite you, and you usually bring the meat and then make the make the whatever. So I, I'm all I rem- my mouth is literally watering. I'm not even kidding. Thinking about those uh, what drink the, beer were those elk beer the elk burgers was that what it was? It was like it, that was like the back of the freezer 
and clean that was, out yeah, burgers. But I was like, they, they were damn good. Like, they were fucking good. And didn't you make like a, what was it, like 50%? Beef, twenty five percent venison, twenty five percent elk, kind of thing. It, it was fifty like percent elk, fifty percent venison, and then, or sorry, forty percent elk, forty percent venison, and then like twenty percent pork, because pork makes right. it juicy. Right. Yeah. There's not a whole lot of fat and, in. Uh, and venison we barbecued and elk. them at the at the cabin, and I, I at been, the cabin we made those duck tacos. Oh, those were fucking good too. Oh man, duck tacos. Yeah. So you've done some cooking for us. Yeah, and no, we did venison steak on the camping trip. Nice. Which was delicious. Venison steak and tenderloin. Which it's is organic, free range. <laughs> yeah, very, so, very Handled free. by me. So very, this is, this is yeah. something else that's uh, controversial, I think, that I, I, I already know your answer, but just for the record, like, you are more in favor of hunting than you are, like, factory farming, obviously. Yes, like, 100%. Because you hear a lot from the, like, vegan community that you shouldn't be able to just go out and kill an animal. Yeah, yeah, you you do hear that, but uh, I, I think there's a big disconnect between people eating meat and knowing where their meat comes from, because, like, when I'm out in the woods hunting deer, I know exactly where, like, I'm, I've been around the area for years, I know their movements, I, like, pass up on deer all the time, you know, it's, you're very, it's very intimate with uh, the area, but then when you go to the store and buy, like, tray of beef it's like the cognitive dissonance there right yeah. it's like you don't Why is that actually okay? ever see that cow you don't know yeah. where it is right i think well, the vegan someone else is doing the killing for see, you and that's that's i guess like that's why i don't like hunting is because i'd rather somebody do the killing for me yeah um but uh, the, the same way like i'm gonna send my goons to go do a hit i'm not gonna do it myself because you know you, i mean like whatever you you're okay with boss, like like, no, because you're a bitch. As a boss, as a mafia boss here. Oh, okay. Like, as long as you're okay with it, right? But like, yeah. I, I've heard some vegetarians that are vegetarian because they can't uh, do it themselves. Like, they can't like well, kill the animal my, themselves, so they don't high, feel they should be able to eat it. My high school ex ate meat, but um, she couldn't touch raw meat. She right. would like freak out, so I had to cook all the meat. So that can just be a yeah. I can people just be queasy about people things. It's also the way you get grown up, like like you grow raised. up, right? Like yeah. I was around fishing and hunting from a young young age. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When I was like four, I w- witnessed my grandma, my one of my favorite people in the world, fucking four foot ten lady in like Amish garb, uh, full tilt chasing a chicken across the yard, fucking catching it around the neck, and you know. Try try and catch a chicken. Tell me how impressive that is. Catch, They're fast little buggers. Yeah, catches a goddamn Shout chicken. Shenmue. Yeah, drags it over no to his... You know it's faster? Turkeys. Yes. Yeah, they're fucking fast. But, yeah, she drags it over his... <gasps> drags it over his stump, fucking chops its head off, plucks it, and makes it for dinner. Like, I got to see that as, like, a 4 Next time old. I'll bring my animal calls on the... Yeah. On the, oh, that would yeah. be funny. I want to get a kazoo. That'd be amazing. Okay, before we get into kazoos, um, we usually do this earlier in the episode, but uh, as I... These Boilermakers are hitting. As I think I... Yeah. (laughs) As I I think I described last episode, when we have a guest, we're going to do a little bit longer. Um, We've been trying to do limited to under 90 minutes, because I know you guys have fucking things to do and you don't want to listen to a three-hour podcast, Mm. but with a guest, I think it's acceptable to to make it a little bit longer because we have another voice to, to talk about, so... 
Anyway, at the 40-minute mark here, we'll transfer to the segment that we call Shot Caller, the part of the show where you, the audience, can pick the shot that we take. Uh, today, we've had Old Smoky Tennessee Whiskey Mango Habanero version. That's the... <laughs> you ready? That's the, the... You know it. You love it. If you listen to this podcast, you get the joke. Um, this is the shot that we like to take with guests, Mitchell. So, Brilliant. Um, just blind, we're going to take this. Yeah, I shouldn't have said what it was, and then he could have... Give well, me, but I mean, give me your opinion on this. So I mean, you can see the bottle. So Will cheers, do. everybody. So first thought on that one. That's interesting. It's like it's kind of like Sunny D with a splash <laughs> of cayenne in there. So it's, it's smooth and it's, it's smooth 30, and spicy. It's thirty-five yeah. percent alcohol, or I think thirty or thirty-five. Thirty-five. But I always like you don't get a single. S- drop of whiskey burn in that it's just the habanero burn oh it's the ha- yeah that's yeah. what i'm tasting it's the habanero yeah mango habanero it's like my mouth doesn't know what to focus on yeah. the, the <laughs> liquor the yeah. spice so we, we, it's just is, like your eyes don't know what to focus yeah. on on the label the label is so fucking <laughs> can you shitty. tell me that's mango habanero by looking at it it should be no it's actually on- yes we should be uh, eating that with tacos. So the only reason... Or drinking it with tacos. So this is a running joke on this podcast, that this is our um, this is our favorite... Whenever we don't have anything else, whenever no one pays for the shot collar position, then we, we take the old smoky Tennessee habanero mango. Because one time, uh, Tyler walked into a liquor store and asked them what the weirdest shot they had was. And the guy was like, try this. And... Um, here we um, are. That's not correct, but I'm not going to correct you. I whatever. Uh, never. <laughs> uh, Nucky. Tom- Deep cut. <laughs> yeah. Nucky Thompson said, uh, "Never let the truth get in the way of a good story." True. Exactly. I I do that all the time, especially when I'm talking about work. So, <laughs> a little embellishment never hurt anybody. It's mostly. It's entirely embellishment. I'm unemployed. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> my so, company's doing great yeah. though. So. I'm going to try and talk about business because this is a business podcast after I, all. I I disagree. I did I had a follow-up question. I don't want you to I don't want you to run off the track quite yet. We were talking about kazoos. Continue. No, we were talking about hunting and guns and okay. fishing and sure. whatever. So I got a follow-up question on that. So I know everyone's assumption um you know if you are an American or you're living in a country that has less restrictive gun laws which i think was probably America. just america. <laughs> america's pretty much america's pretty much number one on that um so agreed with that given um i've said this before and i will say it till i'm dead but insurrections are not waged with assault weapons insurrections are usually done by um fucking farmers with long guns and shotguns which is historically proven uh if you cannot shoot your assailant with a long gun or with like a hunting style shotgun. You're too close. They are too close and you are dead because if you are using an assault weapon, you need to use an assault tactic and you are not going to beat a soldier assault to assault. They're going to kill you. Like you have no chance. So unless you have an ambush style with a long gun or a hunting type of shotgun, you cannot realistically like in a battle situation win an insurrection and mostly insurrections are about their wars of attrition it's by starvation it's by morale it's by propaganda propaganda it's about having to win every fucking inch it's like you you take an inch and then all of a sudden you blow up their supply lines i always talk about um uh castro and uh, che guevara yeah when they were 
you know, and, and say questionable, you know, questionable things about their political opinion. Like, I'm not a huge fan of their, uh, once we get in power, let's murder all the gay people kind of positions. But, you know, they were... They were stance. It was they, a Jesus they, thing. They, they were great tacticians. <laughs> no, Castro was an atheist, I'm 100% sure. Um, anyway, whatever. But uh, say what you will about them, they were great tacticians. And uh, they actually took over a city with like six soldiers one time because they just like got on radio frequencies and um, and made it seem like they were overwhelming yeah, they had the, like the multiple. Fort. Yeah, and and what they would do, what their favorite thing to do was like poke out of the jungle, shoot somebody, and then go back in the jungle and do that in so many different positions that they thought there were just so many of them. I mean, the British did this brilliantly in World War Two, right? They built like paper. They had an entire division that just built tanks out of paper mache. The um. The, oh, and inflatable. Yeah, yeah, that and was infla- sweet. inflatable that was tanks. Sweet. The the Rogue yeah. One squadron did this on the Battle of Scarif. Right. Where they uh. Of course. They so tricked the uh, most relevant. They tricked. Director Krennic into thinking that they were much bigger of a force by getting on the radios and saying like we're being attacked by 500 rebels and then yeah, they, they setting hide, off yeah. an explosion and then they said that in 14 different places. So, so you guys are trying to say that it's better to be crafty in an insurrection oh, and yeah. ability because, to okay. use just so, so here's the thing because pretty common weapons. One of the biggest. I mean, the police to use 308s. That's the most common hunting rifle as yeah. well. One of the biggest. Um, excuses i want to say for not banning guns is that it's it's not going to be effective it's defense against the state well because um okay well that's the other thing okay well well, i'll I'll start there is that they said like if you take away all the guns then you're going to massacre us right tyler's saying they're probably going to massacre you anyway yeah your assault weapons won't save you so here's my my other thing is that they're like well if you ban all the guns then it's not effective like criminals will still have guns you're still fucked Right. Two things on that. Number one, these same people also believe banning abortion will stop abortions. True. But they think banning guns won't stop guns. Right. So they have that <laughs> same opinion at the same time. So that's cognitive dissonance. Yeah. How one. are you going to get rid of the whatever 400 million guns in the U.S.? Are they just going to like hand them in? Yeah. <laughs> here's, <laughs> no. the thing, here's the thing with America is that it's. It's so ingrained in their culture. I don't even know. I've come around on it, guns, on firearms. I, think, I don't think it can be yeah. removed. It, I, it, you can't change America, man. Like, I, a lot of the guests I got are American, and you get like, I find there's like, from geographically they're a bit different, but you either get like the liberal American or the Republican American. There's, and there's only a two. lot of. There's Republican only, Americans, dude. Like Jay was and, in uh, Texas. Recently. All of them have guns, man. They just love it. Oh, when I was, they in... just talk about it like it's their like biggest toy that they have. Like I've had yeah. guys tell me like brag about like their like night vision hunting that they do for fucking hogs and like uh, yeah. like shooting things out of a helicopter Which is and like, stuff. You cannot discharge a weapon here at night, right? Y- you can if you are status Indian. Okay, but that's just because. But there is a lot of restrictions. I've been yeah. in those hunting parties. It's good fun. But me as a <laughs> white man. Yeah, usually if you're in a no, hunting area so, where there's conservation that's... and a conservation officer hears a shot after night, they will come find you. But that's on Res Land, though. No, no, any anywhere, anywhere. yeah. Okay, like, all right. Yeah, they will shoot. fucking find you. Okay. <laughs> yeah, usually the conservation will come and find you. Yeah. yeah. Um. 
So the other thing is, have you, either of you ever tried to purchase a firearm on the black market? Not yet. So I have. Allegedly. I have. I've had Allegedly. guns that have been found offered to me where <laughs> I told them to turn it into the police. So I have purchased firearms on the black market. I mean. Allegedly. Allegedly. Um, in Minecraft. They're, they're, they're mm-hmm. prohibitedly expensive in this country. I yeah. believe it, to, man. To buy a, a yeah. weapon, like I, you, you, ten grand for an AK forty-seven, right? Which is like what six hundred bucks in the states, something like that. I have never seen an AK forty-seven in picture, in, um, in, or in uh, in person. I think I've told this story on the podcast before, so I think I can get away with it. I went to high school with a kid. They used to buy a lot of drugs and a lot of weird things on the dark web back when that was kind of more, like. This would have been ten years ago. So yeah, it was this was very, like, it was very edgy. It w- well, no, it was like more. It was easier. Yeah, okay, back then. yeah. Like yeah. it was, it was the, less the FBI, regulated. Like the they, FBI hadn't caught up. They did, yeah, they hadn't caught up yet, so it was like still pretty new. And he bought, purchased a gold AK forty-seven, like or just spray painted, obviously. But he bought a gold AK forty-seven. So fucking tacky, um, man. On the internet, <laughs> uh, and he showed me it. Uh, it showed up in a television, uh, disassembled into one hundred and sixty different parts shoved in tubes and whatever and came in a sealed like best buy box that's interesting that's kind of like the 3d Um, printed guns now yeah well and apparently he was explaining it that like when they scan it at the border because every single part of the gun was in like a tube or something in the tv like it was i think it was he it was like a rear projection tv yeah those things are one of those big ass ones and it was like late enough like it was like this would have been like 2010 so it was like you're like why are you buying this but like i guess you could still like now that's that's a red flag but like whatever buying your projecting yeah projector tv gets you on a list nowadays yeah absolutely anyway but that's suspicious as hell and then it came with instructions or whatever to assemble it and it was like every single scan that they did because i guess these people selling on the dark web probably have the same scanner that the airport has just to test shit i'm sure they could yeah yeah why not I, I remember the line in Casino where he's That'd like... That'd be a fun engineering product yeah. project, actually. I remember the line in Casino where he's like, I buy fucking counter-surveillance shit from the same people the cops buy it from. Yeah, because it's privatized, <laughs> like, yeah. You know? Yeah. So, anyway, but uh, that's neither here nor there. Um, it's ex- very expensive in this country to buy a fire a restricted firearm because the risk is very high, right? You get yeah. a 25 to life for fucking having those kind of things. So the risk is very high, so that thus the price goes up. That's the free market. Now, in America, they're like, oh, look, at California banned assault rifles, but it's still fucking get them. It's like, yeah, because you can just drive over the border and buy one legally, right? Yeah, at a gun, at a gun like, show with I, no background Which checks. is fucking, like, the fact that anyone can get a gun in the States is kind of weird to me. Or not weird. It's just mildly alarming because I have, like, you know people I've, that shouldn't have guns. I, <laughs> well, I've been like I've taken buddies out shooting and like yeah. yes. It's yeah. and like I remember like handing my buddy a gun and it's like immediately like turns Points towards me. I'm like, yeah. Jesus man, like you ever watch videos of these people that. and they just have their finger on the tray and it's like, dude, fucking trigger discipline, right? I, like I, I remember I, I saw a video once and it was like some get, some kid talking about gun safety. He's like, when we're walking through the field, we always got our safety on and nothing in the chamber, you know. That's just gun safety. And then his buddy in the background falls 
And he goes like, his gun goes off, and he's like, <laughs> God damn it, Charlie, what did I tell you? Go sit in the fucking truck. Yeah, well, I, think, I remember uh, that video. That yeah. was fucking viral. Yeah. I've never watched yeah. them, but there's... Um, there's a couple shows where they like on like uh, on American <laughs> Just TV. Think about that fucking video now. Yeah. Where, Just... where, where they're trying to like hunt Bigfoot and stuff. Yeah. So <laughs> shout out Ralph the movie maker. He did a review. You want you want to hear something crazy about big, Bigfoot? One, one sec. So he did these videos on this on these Bigfoot, and so it's a bunch of like redneck Americans hunting big, and they're using their guns as walking sticks and fucking putting it over their shoulder, and they constantly point it at people, and it's just like they're using it as like you, you point know, it. Like have you stick. seen like the Bugs Bunny like sh- clips where like Elmo Fudd will like shoot his gun and it'll like fold outwards? Yeah, yeah. like that's what can happen if you do shit like that. Like yeah. Yeah. I've heard <laughs> stories of guys like. Walking through a swamp and then actually getting like mud in their barrel. Dude, such That's a, what happens. It's such a sketchy fucking. So I want like to, water. Water so, is very. Um, it, it causes problems when it's so, in your barrel and something's trying to escape very excessive quickly. Excessive amounts of water, water. Yeah, or mud. Like so, water, it doesn't move fast. No. In Canada, a, any gun manufactured before 1919, 1911. You can legally own with no permit. Yeah, because it's considered an antique collector's an antique, item kind of yeah. thing. Even if they can fire, you can st- you can legally purchase them and yeah, because you'd be more but, dangerous with a kitchen. They both shoot but good no, back but then. no, a lot of those old Remington uh, bolt action rifles and stuff. Those were made in like the 1890s, and those right. are like, you could easily still right. fucking. Well, those have. When did rifling start? I know around oh, the mini the know. mini because ri- rifling I'm a bad and, gun expert. Yeah, well, I know you're not a gun expert, but uh, <laughs> like rifling and barrels not not the mini ball mini ball is different because that was rifling right. changed the game man yeah because yeah. when did rifling 19, start 15th century in vienna yeah like i'm barrel, pretty sure barrel rifling in a handheld the gun. 1500s yeah saying. like by the 1890s they had yeah. like semi-automatic weapons right yeah and but rifling you, spins the bullet but you can buy those in canada legally because they're and I, so i was considering it as a meme and it, just I, show up with your fucking musket well, to the drug deal. To the drug deal, it's like this will blow a hole in the size of Texas. I think I think that'd be pretty cool. Hear to have. ye, hear but then ye. I was reading about it, and like they, like if you ever want to take them out and like you know shoot them in the backyard, not that you could in the city, but like go shoot them somewhere, it's like twenty percent chance they'll fucking explode. These old ass guns, like yeah. it's just they yeah, were not. Much. We didn't know how. It worked, and gunpowder is fucking like easy, the the like. fact that the the igniting mechanism was on the exterior of the barrel <laughs> for many of these guns can yeah. tells you how reliable they are. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's but, interesting. And yeah, I want to drag this back to my point of like uh, <laughs> the the I, one of the <laughs> biggest defenses of the Second Amendment for Americans is like it's defense of the people. Um, it's like the counterbalance against the state. First of all, I'd ask you, how well is that fucking going? And second of all, um, if you want defense against the state, I don't think that... Yeah, again, it's not going to make a difference. They have drones, they have AI, they have bombers, they've got fucking yeah. robo-dogs, yeah, they've got I, all I these things, right? Yeah, I always see people quote, like, Vietnam, like a bunch of unarmed Vietnam Vietnamese farmers fought off the entire Utah, U.S. military. Exactly. But that was different than 2022. Like, it, it's it not... Is, it the ones that weren't bombed to shit. Yeah. yeah it it isn't... Like, it is and it isn't. I've heard like military strategists talk about the fact that if more, I think it was like it was a small number. It was like if five major American cities revolted, that would be more than the capacity of the military to handle, and that's not counting for morale. Yeah, 
Yeah, at that point, you have the military like, flipping look, sides in a lot like of Russia, it, Like, right? Russia could not take Kiev. Yeah, they can't do it right now. Yeah, they could not take Kiev. And this is, like, argue... Like a bunch that, of farmers that's a, with hunting rifles up there, stealing their equipment and shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, that's a split. That's obviously a split <laughs> and thing. And Zelensky but. says if you steal a tank, you're allowed to keep it. Yeah. <laughs> so, there's like, obviously, there's a lot of different factors. That's one fucking city in a small, in a small place, like... Taking an entire country is virtually impossible, especially when the soldiers are, are, of, that, are of that country. City fighting is, f- like, fucked, yeah, though. Urban yeah. warfare, like, yeah. urban warfare is crazy. It's, it's impossible, uh, yeah. I read a bunch of... So, we used to... <laughs> shout out Ragnar Benson. Uh, Zach and I read a bunch of uh, Ragnar Benson uh, books because they're banned in Canada. Nice. Um, Where's this guy from? America. Ragnar. Ragnar Benson, yeah. Interesting. So, he's... Uh, he wrote a book called Ragnar Benson's Urban Survival, and it's banned in Canada because, like, half of it's, like, bomb schematics and stuff. Nice. Um, but he we, – so we, we found a pirated PDF of it just for the joke, and it's actually really interesting. I remember reading it in high – well, because we, we, we would read it in class for the free <laughs> reading thing. Yeah. Because it was like, oh, we're going to read a banned book. That's pretty funny. But um, one of the biggest things I remember, of, well, he talks a lot about urban warfare and like how to like, because his the ba- urban survival is basically like, okay, government collapses, now what? Like fallout situation, like now what, right? And one of the biggest things I always remember is he has a in very in depth couple chapters about how to raise pigeons for for their meat. Really? Yeah, because he uh, he and he, I guess he does it on his land for the last like twenty years, so. Pigeons are interesting. Apparently, you can get pigeons to roost in the same place if you keep them doing like you can do that with turkeys too. They'll roost where their parents roosted, and they'll keep doing that. Oh, so you can like kind of train them to always come back to the area. You can train them to keep coming back to the whole area. Actually, Mike Tyson has a bunch of pigeons as pets that he's had. That's fucking hilarious because he has a show. Have you seen that show, Mike Tyson Mysteries? No, I, I know of it on Adult Swim. Yeah. Okay. Well, every time he gets a mystery, it comes from a pigeon. Yeah, he has. He owns. <laughs> uh, he owns a bunch of pigeons, and they're actually on the roof of the gym in New Jersey, where he learned how to box. Wild. He like rents these pigeon coops or whatever. Yeah. Oh, it's like those billionaires that go and buy their family home and like yeah. move it to their fucking ranch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but uh, so apparently you can get these pigeons to, you know roost at the same place and then if you feed them like a high sugar kind of diet you can fatten them up quick and pigeons will like reproduce very quickly like, the cycle is is very quick oh we've seen how many they are um so and you can <laughs> so he farms pigeons like he'll and you can get enough that's meat. interesting you can get them as fat as a chicken apparently and you, you can do that in canada like you almost don't even like canada just has so much abundance like, like i don't know if you've seen how many fucking geese and ducks there are yeah, yeah, yeah. like even, like just planting a field are ducks a pest or uh, geese technically don't like this isn't a statistic that i've checked out myself but i have heard that the goose and duck population doubles every four years it's Dude, like if you think you about can't it, drive a fucking road here without running over a goose. Like they're, and they're not scared of people. That's the whole thing. Google what a Canada like, goose looks like. They don't give a fuck. They don't give a fuck. And, and like, you, have you ever seen like the like Earth documentary where it's like, oh, the urbanization of animals? Yeah. Like geese are one of those animals that is doing it very well. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, oh, extremely. Like they're like settling further south. Like, there are geese that will stay in the city year-round now. 
That's hmm. wild. You're like this city? Yes. Because this is fucking cold. I know it's cold, but there there are some that will stay here hmm. year round. That I've seen some reports. That's interesting. Yeah, because uh, I mean they they because they're uh, just adapting. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you think about it, like we keep clearing land, making more farmers' fields. Like when I hunt geese, I go and lay down in a farmer's field and set up a bunch of decoys. Yeah. Like you just go to the fields that have recently been harvested, and then that's where they're patterning to usually. Well, I, I went to the zoo on uh, Monday. So a couple days ago, and uh, there's this geese in the middle of the paths, and they won't move. And you're like, they're, please they're move. nesting this time of year. Yeah, you're like, please move, and they're just yeah. And if, at if you, you walk within ten feet of them, they'll, they'll like hiss, fu- they'll fuck you they'll up. They'll hiss like, you. Yeah. Yeah, I. They might fight you. Have you ever seen a goose nest? No. Chase yeah. and I have been looking for arrowheads, and like this time of year, it's like you go on any island, and there's like twenty. Yeah, so uh, there was a goose nest under the stairs at the Manitoba Liquor and Lottery's warehouse. Mm-hmm. And you couldn't get... They would hiss at you if you tried to go on the stairs. It's like, please, I'm just trying to do business. Like, <laughs> they just... Yeah. Like, we don't give a fuck about your business. And you can't disturb the nest either. They, no, there's actually a higher limit for geese inside city limits than outside city limits. What do you mean limit? Because they're... Like, when you're hunting, there's hunting limits. Like... I'm allowed to shoot can, one deer a year. You can kill geese inside city limits. Yeah, well, that seems well, like right, like you, by your house, like just go a few miles. There's a big field. Shotgun, like you can discharge shotgun a pellet on that field. Yeah, okay. When we were really bored, when I was guiding in my first summer, we used to take a shotgun into the boat and fire it directly into the air, <laughs> and uh, try to get one of the pellets to like ting either us or the boat. <laughs> shotgun pellets. Like if you're within like fifty, like if you're farther than fifty feet, you're usually okay. Like it'll just bounce off you. Yeah, they just lose momentum so quickly. Yeah, because they're not with, aerodynamic. Yeah, right? but like a high power rifle, that will can ha- like it's like a parabola. It'll have the same speed coming down that it did when it exited the barrel. Okay. Yeah. So shotguns. Don't shoot a rifle up. Yeah, shotguns you can shoot up. Don't shoot a rifle in the air. Yeah, <laughs> no. Or a handgun. Yeah, always know what is behind what you're shooting. Like, I don't ever take any skyline shots when I'm hunting deer, which is hard to do in Manitoba, but it happens. Yeah, because it's flat as fuck. Yeah, yeah. Skyline shot being you're shooting at or above the or above the horizon, right? Yeah, that would be like the deer's up on a ridge above me, and right. like if I miss the deer, it could pot- the bullet could potentially go for miles, forever. Yeah. Miles, really? Miles, yeah. miles. Yeah. Well, wow. Think about like the snipers. Um, well, snipers I, I think I think an different. I think an average American sniper or I guess Canadian sniper, or whatever, has to be able to kill within a mile. Do you know the uh, who has the record for the longest confirmed kill with a sniper rifle? No. A Canadian. Oh, actually, yeah, I did see that. It was like, yeah, he hit him in the backpack first, and then he didn't run. Yeah. Yeah, when it fucked like from like three miles away or something yeah. like like he could that kind of circles like back to Tyler's could... point of shotguns yeah. and uh, long uh, long, long barrel long guns. Well, how are you gonna fight a fucking war with a deagle? You know what I mean? Like you're not. It, it, yeah, I could see things if coming you're in from same... five hundred yards away, and yeah. I can shoot things from four hundred yards away. You're not yeah. gonna hit me with a deagle. Yeah, yeah, or an M16. Yeah. yeah, an I M16 is like an overpowering. Like you have like a squad of people that knows how to fucking use it. But like, I guess more relevant, the average Joe. People always talk about the AR-15s. That's the the firearm that's all people always talk. That's about. same thing as an M16, essentially, yeah. in okay. like its use. Yeah, but like some AR, like 
you can hunt with an AR in the States, which is kind of fucked up. Because uh, AR-15s are banned <laughs> with a deer. Yeah. AR-15s are banned by name in Canada. Because that was the other thing I was going to mention is that in Canada, uh, we have a list of like over 800 guns that are banned by name. Uh, doesn't matter if they fit into a category. They're yeah, uh, they're banned by name completely. Yeah. So that's some of the most popular AK-47 stuff like that are banned. You can't get one at all. I Never, like no I, matter what. Nope. I was reading through the latest like uh, ban. Uh, well, there was a. A bunch of bans passed from the last uh, mass shooting that happened in Canada, but uh, which are very infrequent, by the way. Um, and this last one may have been a. It may have been. I don't want to get the tinfoil hat out, but I think it federal was, police plan. I think is, it, it was is this a the some Q one on shit? No, that's no, going no. On right now. Look into like it's. And I hate being like, do your own research. There's a CBC mark. Like there's a CBC. I, I think I've heard some of the papers that are talking about. I, I think it was a. The federal so, government was paying him as an informant, and then he did a thing. So that's pretty yeah. sus. Yeah, and they can't—they haven't recovered the money that he was paid, and it was like, eh, and he, he had was, a, well, he had a police car and, as well, and the police knew he had it, but didn't do anything about it. Yeah, and then he he went on a rampage for like a day, and they weren't able to stop him. Yeah. It was kind of sus. That he was is a, pretty sus. He was like some rich dentist. And like the, the and day... And it was like there was no reason for him to do it. And like, the day before that he did the shooting, he went to this bank that only, like only police can access. Yeah, it was a police credit union that they and they do like a dead drops to pay their informants. And he did one. It's on camera. And yeah. they interviewed... CBC interviewed the uh, former chief of staff of the RCMP. And he's like, the only people that can do that are cops. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Was this when like Trudeau was like getting roasted for the SNC Lavalin shit? Yes, and then he bet he uh increased the long gun registry thing after this happened. Yeah. So Yeah, and my favorite gun that was banned on that list by name was a like uh, it just said Chinese mortar. <laughs> that was the entire name. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. It was, it was just and, Chinese and if anyone mortar. has any Chinese mortars, hit me up. No, and they, and they banned something that wasn't even a gun. I remember that they were getting roasted for that. They like had something on the list that was like some fucking car part or something that they banned. But yeah. um, yeah, I don't know about firearms. It's I think I've come around. I used to be very anti. I, I used to be like we should ban them all. But now you're very more pro-independence which is where i've kind of come on the issue like, like see, here's the thing I, I used to identify myself as a libertarian but now i don't think i am anymore now but, i don't have any political views anymore. but, but <laughs> you do any... like to retain a certain amount of power for yourself which is a, yeah. probably where that your shift in the gun debate has so come he, from he, i guess my thing was like i was so far personal freedom that because you can't hurt anybody then you don't need a gun to hurt anybody because you shouldn't yeah. hurt anybody anyway you know what i mean like but i don't know it is what it is like now that like yeah i don't know i i i don't like, feel strongly like, on the issue like a lot of where the gun debate comes from is like if it it's like if it reaches past its use as like a hunting tool or a essentially just a hunting tool and uh, if it reaches kind of past that use, it's automatically categorized as like unnecessary. Well, what do you, you know personal? What, I mean? what do you personally consider? What what do you what is your personal opinion on like uh, firearms as self defense? The oh, as self defense, yeah. In Canada, I feel completely safe. I don't think I've ever been in a situation 
where my fists wouldn't have got me out and, of it. And we live... And you have very big fists. <laughs> yeah. But for context, we live in the murder ca- murder capital of this country. Yeah. Yeah. I, and, and you lived in some shitty neighborhoods of it. Yeah. I, I don't think that a gun would make me feel more safe, per se. Like, I don't subscribe to that kind of view. But to be fair, nobody else is carrying guns. Yeah. It's... Yeah, exactly. Or well, most aren't. Most I, aren't. Yeah, some, yeah, the more enthusiastic criminals... Like do have them. But. I don't know. I guess if you have major fears of becoming like a statistical anomaly, yeah, then you can have that kind of fear. Well, but, I've seen uh, a lot. I've seen a lot of. Um, I don't think there's a huge necess- like a huge like it's necessary to have restricted firearms, but I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with it. I mean, I've just seen like it's like batting fucking like it's the same kind of thing with cars you know like they're banning certain things and it's just guys that like to have a fucking good time with their cars and that's the same thing with a lot of gun owners yeah see and you know here's the thing is that i would respect a lot of these far right people more if they would just say that like i just kind of like it i I just like to shoot shit it's funny i like taking it out on the fucking dunes and shooting a target i think that's fun they go in this fucking holier than thou rant about how they're like they need to self-defend their families like what if someone breaks in your fucking house and like it's like just just say you like them and they're a toy and they're kind of dangerous like a fucking sports car and just be like i have a problem with people on the left and right being not like just honest with their rhetoric yeah it's kind of like sports teams right it's like it's like it especially really, in the states i think you nailed yeah. it i think it is like i think it's basically sports teams it's like gun <laughs> or no gun those are two teams well, of like i remember f- uh, fuck, fuck the logic one of my favorite takes on the whole gun debate is jim jeffries he's a australian comic famous, he, famous gun expert and he's he's talking <laughs> and he's like he's like so i got he, he was like i was living in london or something and i someone broke into my house with a gun or someone broke into my house to rob me or whatever. And then people always say to me, like, what if you had a gun, though? And he's like, well, I was naked at the time. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. like, you know, and then he's like, yeah, so it's run over to the safe and be like, <laughs> you know, he's like, he's like bent over doing the safe thing. And he's like, oh, you just fucking wait there, mate. Like, you just wait. And he's like, wait, what's the code again? <laughs> he's like, your mother's birthday. How the fuck am I supposed to remember your mother's birthday? Oh, you just wait a second. And then get another part of that where he was talking about um, these school shooters. And he was saying, like, you know, people that don't want to ban guns are like, well, criminals will be able to get their hands on guns, right? So he's like, all these school shooters, list them all, right? Think about them. And these are his words, not mine. He's like, they're autistic as fuck. What do you think they're going to go down to the dock and be like, guns, I need to buy a gun. Like, have yeah. these, these kids don't know how to buy a gun illegally. Like, they don't know where to buy weed illegally. Never mind a fucking firearm. Like, do you think, well, maybe we're all, I could go out and buy a firearm right now. But like, if I don't I, know. If about, I spent a week, I could figure it out. Okay. Yeah, but like a lot of, <laughs> like these fucking yeah. people that are shooting up schools because they don't have any friends. Yeah. Don't have any friends to buy firearms from. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know. It's it's a whole, it's a dumb argument. We all know a guy that knows a guy, probably. Maybe. Yeah. You have to be well connected to get an illegal gun. In Canada, at least. Because they're dangerous. Because they're, well, not they're dangerous, but the, the danger, because you get such a big punishment. Well, in the U.S., the equivalent would be, like, in 
a city or in a state with uh, some laws. If you want to get an abortion. Yeah, yeah you know a guy. You got to <laughs> know, you know a guy. The struggle. Yeah, I know a guy. Yeah, you know the struggle. Um, no, I think uh, you, like a no serial number would be the equivalent. Yeah. Like yeah. a non-registered gun would be the same as us just getting a gun. So, yeah, something with the serial number scratched out. So last topic I wanted to talk about you while we're here is that I wanted to um, go more into the kind of the... I, I think it's f- hilarious that you can commoditize the wilderness. I think is is like just the peak irony that I really like. It's something like that this, everyone... The shared resource. Well, it's, it's something that everyone used to know how to do out of survival, and now no one knows how to do because... So, like so you've worked on lodges before which are basically retreats for rich people essentially yeah like cuz what what would you what, say the percentage of the customers that you had were like wealthy uh like i don't like there's probably like 10% didn't make at least six figures everyone yeah. else made like eighty percent probably made at least six figures, and were you and there? And then like ten percent made like seven figures, and then I there's a couple billionaires that came through camp. Were you, yeah, were you there when Sophie had Sir David Thompson, the third Baron of Fleet? At the, yeah, so you he was there. Very very quiet motherfucker. So you've met and guided the richest man in Canada, not only the richest man in Canada, but the richest man in Canada by like thirty billion dollars. Like he is worth like forty billion dollars. The next person's his, worth like his 10. wife was fucking hot. <laughs> I, I bet. Um, he's <laughs> David Thompson is like he could afford all the amenities. What you're saying? Yeah, David Thompson is <laughs> is worth the rest of the top ten list. Basically, yeah. like um, he actually wanted to rent out the whole camp, but the owner had like customers that have been going there for like ten years that she couldn't kick out. And right. and Sophie, our mutual friend and my former roommate. Um, told me a story about him like he this man's worth 40 billion dollars and they were they cooked him breakfast or whatever and then he's like oh fuck I forgot to take my my pill or whatever because he's getting old he's like I forgot to take my breakfast pill I gotta go back to the cabin and grab it and they're like okay and they like went to go dump out his food he's like no no, no don't dump out that food just like put it in tin foil and I'll come back for it in half an hour and it was like, it was Sophie was telling me like that was just like the moment where it clicked. It's like oh this like because any like you're a billionaire. It's like th- yeah, throw out the food, get me a fresh fucking cut. And he's like no no no, don't waste that. Like I don't want you to waste that food. So and all- then we've had guys who are like millionaires or just shy of it who are like little bitches. Like, yeah, like they're instructed like you got to make eye contact with him when you serve him and shit like that. Yeah. It's like just the then, dumbest shit. So I, I, think I, you, I, I need to, I need to fact check you on this. Okay. Yeah. Um, so David Thompson is only the fourth richest person in Canada. He was the number one. At he the time. was what, what you're remembering the at the time. One. Yeah. Uh, so this is very recent, but number one is Jim Patterson. Yeah. Patterson group, which is not surprising. Galen Weston. I don't know who the he, fuck that Gale, is. Uh, Galen Weston and Galen Weston Jr. Own uh shoppers drug marts and, uh, President's Choice. Um, oh, that makes sense. Okay. Uh, number three. Superstore. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, number three is uh, Chip Wilson. Okay. I, I, I uh, Lululemon founder. He's Canadian? Yeah. Apparently. He's from Vancouver. Yep. Cool. Uh, David Thompson, number four. Because David Thompson was one 
at the time that I'm telling this story, though. He was uh, like, he had $20 billion on the next guy at the yeah. time. Yeah. yeah um, I thought the Shopify guy was in top 10. David um, Cheriton is after David Not after Thompson. their fucking stock just crashed. <laughs> oh, Joseph uh, Joseph Tsai is uh, um, uh, Chinese U- Chinese national vice chairman of Alibaba. Alibaba guy. Um, uh, he was number one last year, actually. Yeah, he was, and then fell. dropped, yeah. Um, and the Uber guy, one of the Uber founders, is Canadian as well. Mark Scheinberg. I think, um, I think he was like the programmer, wasn't he? Oh, Mark, Mark Scheinberg, online gambling. Uh, James Poker Stars. Yeah. Fun fact. James Irving is. We should start our own gambling James website. James Irving is We should start a bingo Sears, website. I want to say something like that. Um, without clicking into ads, uh, followed by nope. Okay, it doesn't say obviously at all. It just talks about how much money he has. And then it's Alan Bouchard, Toby Lutke. I think Toby is. Shopify. Okay, so yeah. Toby is number. He's like nine or ten. Okay. So yeah, Shop- so, Shopify guy just makes it. My context is Anyways. a little bit out of date. COVID really fucked up people's networks. No shit. Um. Yeah. But anyway, David Thompson's worth over ten billion dollars. No matter or twenty thirty billion dollars. Yeah. No matter, and he was the richest person on the plan on in the country when you guided him. Correct. And it was either you or Sophie that told me that it was his birthday when he came out there, because that's why he came out there. His brother paid for the trip. Yeah, so it was nice. his, it was his birthday, and everyone got him a birthday present, and it was like some millionaire got him some super lavish present, and he was like, "Oh, thanks, man." And then one of his billionaire friends got him like some weird, stupid toy and he was like so fucking over the moon because it was like sentimental to him right yeah and and those are the two stories that i remember the food thing and then that that i'm like that sophie was just describing him as like you wouldn't even know how powerful he he didn't like yeah like i remember his entourage showed up i was like which one's david (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) that's pretty good yeah so yeah it's like the oldest guy but so with that context you have literally guided for the richest person in this country um that's your clientele up there but so so basically it's it's for rich people to kind of be like i want to know the outdoors essentially or you describe it like it's not necessarily like i want to know the outdoors i i think a lot of people in manitoba are kind of like blind to the fact that manitoba is one of the best fisheries in the world and we actually have a lot of accessible land so for example my cousin who lives in quebec he recently came down this year for hunting and i i took him out hunting for a week and uh he begged the biggest buck of his life in manitoba actually but he was telling me it's all private land in in uh quebec so because they have different law than the rest of canada Everything's owned. Yeah. So he's the only reason he has a place to hunt is because we have family out there who owns a farm. Like anyone who has a farm is like getting offers from rich guys in Montreal. It's like, I'll give you 10 grand for exclusive hunting rights on your property. It's like, there's nothing for private land. Interesting. That's really interesting. Yeah. And then, so, and another thing I saw recently, I don't go on TikTok often, but I went on yesterday just because I was kind of bored at, 1 a.m. couldn't sleep, and uh, it was this girl from Missouri who recently moved to Manitoba, 
and was talking about how people were roasting her for moving to Manitoba of all places in Canada. And she was like, from Missouri though. <laughs> yeah. From Missouri. <laughs> yeah. It's like one of the worst, worst we states. We should get her on this podcast. Period. And she On was like, show. We should get her on the I don't podcast. know. I, I literally just, I listened to her rant. I was like, preach girl. And then I scrolled past. I don't know. I don't use TikTok Goddamn. much. Um, but yeah, she was like talking. She's like, I don't think you guys realize how beautiful Manitoba is. Like, I and, love and this l- fucking province, man. Like, you haven't even seen some of the coolest shit. I could take you to see it, <laughs> I've man. I've been up, like, yeah. It's, uh, like, I wanted to take Tyler out this last weekend, but there's just so much flooding going on that we couldn't. Yeah. But uh, yeah. we, we're we sitting on a gold mine here. So, for context. Literally. So, for context, I do like the outdoors and exploring and adventure and stuff. But I am a, like, for the day kind of guy. I, I think that you would enjoy one of these corporate trips, Willows. Yeah, like so I, I think that if we like pulled some money together and like bought one of these corporate trips that like I guide on. Yeah. Because yeah. essentially it's just you hop in the boat and like you don't really need to fish. Like I've had guys in my boat that don't want to fish and they're like, Mitch, just tour me around for the morning. I'm just gonna smoke my cigars. You can catch lunch for us. I'll feed you a beer every hour and that's just gonna be the way it goes. And I'm like Hell yeah. Like, whatever you guys <laughs> yeah. want. Get, getting paid to fish. <laughs> Essentially. So, like, that's the like, that's the type of clientele. It's like, especially on those big corporate trips, it's some guys don't know how to fish. They don't care how to fish. They just want to have a good time, get potted around, around in the boat. Yeah. And then there's the opposite people who just are just so hardcore. It's like 50K wins. I'm like, you guys want to go back to the lodge? <laughs> and they're like, no. <laughs> My it's kind of me. thing is, like, I try every year to not go backwards from the year before. And I was homeless. And I was, like, you know, struggling to get food and shitting in weird public toilets. And, like, now I'm, like, I have air conditioning and Wi-Fi and indoor plumbing. And I don't want to regress any <laughs> any farther. So I, I like going out to places for the day kind of thing don't don't you're consider like, it. you're like my mother actually she's like she grew up on the reserve and she's just jaded from hunting and fishing i'm like i love it and but she had to do it to survive growing up yeah so she's just like uh-uh i have a house i can go to the store i can buy all my food yeah i am very happy yeah i i can see that like that's that's that that's a big um that's a big lifestyle change i guess for um anyone who grew up super poor i mean for willows you had um you had a a period in your life where that happened yeah but i would i would challenge you to say instead of like okay now i have indoor plumbing and you know easily accessible beef or whatever instead challenge yourself to it's like okay this is like a personal comfort thing like where you push yourself out of your comfort zone and you do something you haven't done where you like for me, for me for example like camping in this weather is something i've never done before and like just sleeping like a mummy bag like a four, so minus like, 40 sleeping bag like, was guess, that warm enough for you by the way no, so, oh it's fantastic so i was fucking sweating here was the thing was good great. good example is when we all do a cabin weekend i come exactly but when you suggested camping like all my friends went on the camping weekend and i opted out uh, I probably no. I could have gotten my employees to cover my shifts. Like I had work to do, but I could have got them to do it, and I could have come. But like it wasn't worth 
the extra because I'm like it doesn't appeal to me. But like when we go to the cabin mm. and we spend the day, that's just a house in a different place. Okay, yeah. but fair. But <laughs> we also fuck that's around in the mountain, like which is I'm more inclined to. Yeah, do. it's a half million dollar cabin on a fucking. Yeah, which is, I, I think I think more it's a I need to get you to dip your toe in first, Willows, before yeah. you take the time. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna open. have to take you on a fishing trip for a day Come. before you agree to camp I'm, at night. I'm open to to learning more. Or Good. just just camp camp on a nice night, not a. It's nice on the day, record yeah. now. I'm I'm not gonna let you forget it. Yeah, camp on a lovely summer night, like that's. Oh like, yeah, and I'm I'm not going with this fucking zero. I don't give a fuck anymore. No, <laughs> actually, fall time, in my opinion, the best time. There's no ticks. It's not fucking crazy, unbelievably hot, and the bugs, aka mosquitoes, are usually a little more calmed down in the fall. Yeah. Yeah. Like I've been camping on like July long where it's just been like plus 35 and humid and you just, it's like inescapable. Yeah. That is to me, to me, that is hell. Yeah. The sun goes down and I'd you'd rather freeze. Yeah. yeah. So one, I would agree. just quick before we go into our last segment here, um, I want to know like, so for the listeners that are listening, because this is a business podcast, maybe they're interested in the outdoors and fishing and hunting and stuff like that. How would they be able to monetize that? Like, how did you get in the position to be a guide? I know you didn't own the business that you were guiding for, but like if somebody wanted to, how would they go about that? So if you want to get into guiding specifically, I recommend getting on at a lodge. Like if you're like 16 to 19 so years old 65 percent of our listening base on spotify is from the united states of america from the, the united states of america are places like do they have places like that uh i do know that there are some fishing lodges in the states i think they're more concentrated in the north unfortunately i don't know a whole lot about the states sorry if you're from the states and i'm discluding most some, of our audience is from the state oh, or wow. like the southern <laughs> so. the southern uh the southern states and i'm discluding something i don't know a whole lot about that i'm sorry but may, like but maybe but, look into it there's something equivalent it doesn't need to be necessarily be a fishing lodge but maybe there's something like there is the influencer side of things um i've heard some arguments about that that it's uh, kind of uh distorting what actually like fishing actually is yeah it's not um, struggle and waiting and suffering so like it's not yeah exactly what people tyler said it, it, yeah there's like Instagram i've likes. seen people or i shouldn't say seen i've heard of people catch one fish and take seven photos of it in seven different positions right and that is seven different Instagram posts throughout the summer. So it's like going it, to the gym and taking a picture of you yeah, flexing it, and then it, leaving. It's like people going, it, it all, like if you're going to be an influencer, like I recommend doing something more like the honesty of it, not like going out to catch the biggest fish all the time and have just the biggest fish to post all the time. It's like, that's not what fishing is. Some days you go for three days, you don't catch anything. Exactly. It's 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 the struggle. It's kind of losing kind of its luster. Like this, it's like people posting photos, and it's like I know you didn't catch that fish. Like, yeah, I, I I'll chip in on that and say I enjoyed this weekend because, um, I've in the last probably fucking decade of my life I've resisted struggle just because I thought it was making me unhappy and uncomfortable right and i thought uncomfortable was unhappy equals bad time equals waste of time and this last weekend was fucking cold 
and a lot of a lot of the moments were pretty uncomfortable. Like I had to, we had to really layer up, like thermal layer, fucking regular clothes, sweaters, jackets, all the above. Like you had to be really layered up to actually not just be sitting there shivering and freezing your fucking ass and off, and sealed up to hide from the ticks. Yeah, and sealed up from the ticks because they were fucking everywhere, and you had to watch. Hate ticks. You had to watch your step. Like there was all this going on, and it's it would be easy to be stressed out about that. But I found that the kind of acute stress of the situation it was one of the most relaxing weekends i've ever had like i've had weekends where it's like i just sat on a beach in the sunshine and i i left feeling less relaxed and less rested than i did in this weekend of stress you feel like you worked for the to earn the natural like escape i think that's where that comes from i just felt rested like Like, being able to go out and work and like enjoy nature and be like feel like it's like really feel like okay i'm in the middle of nowhere and i need to work to like yeah you're spending i guess like me and tyler are are workaholics yeah like we get a lot of personal satisfaction from the businesses that we run from the grind yeah yeah so that's i guess like not that i have much context but i like what you're describing is that similar is that that was the grind i spend a third of my day working on my food and another third of my day like just preparing uh you know cleaning stuff moving stuff getting ready for stuff cleaning like wearing more things taking off layers going places like you're just it's an acute it's a right now here now like very very vivid experience of struggle it's essentially what guiding is which is awesome like it's it's the most liberating thing to like just not think about anything but what's right in front of you which is why i love my job and my business but i think that camping in uncomfortably cold weather with a ridiculous tick season was like I mean is it I mean worse ab- than usual right now absurd oh the ticks it's tick season like, no I know but is it worse than usual like I yeah okay like like we these, pulled like forty this, we pulled like forty yeah. or fifty oh, off I the dog hate yeah and we pro- I probably pulled maybe fifteen off was Daryl's dog there yeah oh yeah. I like him they don't the ticks what's his name Winch- Winchester Win- I love him he's such a nice yeah little boy. and I I wore like a thermal layer up to my neck so I yeah. wasn't didn't have yeah, to worry I, about them I, so I only had like five I, or six I picked a tick out of my belly button. When I was like 13, <sighs> and I never want to have a ticket. Yeah, that, that's traumatizing. <laughs> yeah, I get that. It's traumatizing. Yeah. Ugh, it's but like invasive. You know how to just get. Give me the he- yeah, heebie jeebies. And man. you are a fucking you know outdoorsman. How, you know how to get. They o- give you the heebie jeebies. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. You know how to get over that trauma? T- <laughs> trauma is uh, you get. Intru- like, I, I get fucking grossed out by ticks too, like anybody else. I fucking hate that shit. But you, on like the seventh. You just stop being grossed out because you're tired of being grossed. You're like, like oh, yeah, fuck, just yeah, pick it off. Yeah, so here's how I got over my spider phobia. So this is how I got over my spider phobia was uh, the we bought in, brought in two tons of grapes from British Columbia to Oof. make wine out of. Yeah. And they were literally filled with spiders. Do you mean spiders like grapes? Well, in, in BC, apparently. They love grapes. Uh, here, when we bring in our grapes, they're filled with ladybugs. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, and no spiders. And when we brought in the BC ones, they were filled with spiders. And I had to probably kill over a thousand spiders in like making the grapes. Because this is in your food processing in my facility. Food process. And it's like, there's, you know, we try not to, maybe, <laughs> this might be a uh, turn people off of a uh, food product, but there, there is a level of acceptable spiders biomass that you can have in yeah. in any food i mean watch family guy episode or well, no sorry well, bob's like bob's you can burgers a five percent of chocolate can be spiders no i think no i was gonna go with like 
I don't know if it's Family Guy or Bob's Burgers, where they're talking about like this is the acceptable uh, percentage of like human body parts allowed in this food, <laughs> and it's like this guy like falls into a vat and gets ground up, and they're like, "It's okay, you can still eat it. It's under the limit." <laughs> yeah, you know it is what it is. Like if you're eating fucking f- f- vegetable, like have you ever if you ever had a garden, it's you eat dirt and bugs. It's it is what it is. Like whatever. So the best carrots um, are covered but, in dirt. That being said, I don't want, if there's any spider that I see, I take it out of the fucking grapes. But I probably had to kill a thousand spiders in four days. And you didn't uh, get in, all of them. In And it was just like, that helped me get over it. Also, yeah. I live in a basement and you just get bugs. Like, you live in a fucking basement, you get bugs. Like, whatever, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you just killed one on the way back from the bathroom like two minutes ago. So Yeah, we, we get ants in, uh, not too bad, but uh, every spring. For about three weeks, I get ants in the basement. Yeah, eh, whatever. Gas and then you get those little hibernation, figuring out where they can roam. And Do then you get those little uh, beetles, those little sow bugs, we call them. I don't know what those are actually uh, uh, closer to shrimp crustaceans. So I should try to eat them. They look yes, like, you wait, should. Is it because it's them. real isopod hours? <laughs> The uh, the way I'm gonna edit the way I'm gonna edit this I like zoom in on our heads to like get make it look better. Uh, they're not gonna be able to see me for the last like five minutes of what I've been saying. Oh really? That's pee. okay. They aren't gonna see me because I went to the bathroom. Everyone needs to pee when but, you drink uh, this goddamn much. To answer Willow's question earlier, because this is a but business podcast, one of the other <laughs> ways you can get oh, in finally gets around to fucking answering. Well, we keep getting on tangents. True. There's many ways you can get into the monetize the outdoors. Um, the other thing you could do is become a lodge owner, mm-hmm. and Own which land. is essentially yeah real estate. Yeah, and it's real um, estate plus entertainment, like real estate plus plus business. If you can, if you understand real estate and uh, also are passionate about the outdoors, and you have the means, that's the best fucking way. Yeah, like, and the other thing is. It, it's there's not a whole lot of new from what I understand there's like a big corporate grip on it and there's not a whole lot of new areas being opened up for lodges like for example the lodge that I do most of my guiding at was grandfathered in it is in between two provincial parks and there is no other land being granted for building there so um, essentially now you have to buy a lodge an existing one yeah. Or buy enough land to build one. But uh, right now, it seems like a lot but, of people are just buying fucking individual cabins and making little Airbnbs. So not not lodge it, but like guide it. Like you talked about the guy that had the land in Lockport as like a base and took yeah. people out. How would like somebody that's listening, if they're interested in the wilderness, how could they get into that and monetize? Well, you'd have to learn how to fish first of all like the like the product is yourself essentially okay, like you but, have to be so, able to go out and catch fish so so here's you, the thing you, is, you need the boat here's who i'm th- in my mind who i'm thinking of is somebody who works you know 50 hours a week on a job that they don't really like but they do it so they can afford fishing rods and hunting licenses so on the weekends they can go out and do that kind of stuff yeah because they love the wilderness exactly so that person, maybe they, how do they quit their full-time job and just monetize their love for the wilderness? How would you start that from start to finish? There's a number of paths you can go. Uh, back maybe 20 years ago, you could quit and 
dedicate your life to fishing and you can make yourself a professional fisherman and just do the tournament circuit and win enough money to do that through uh, sponsors. But now you have but rent. Nowadays, it's, that's really hard There's to do. tournament the, fishing? Yes. Yeah. There's tournament fishing. I, I'm actually going to enter a couple this year now that I, now that I have a boat that's way Sorry, more accessible. How much do you get paid to get like a master angler or something? It, if you can win some of these tournaments, like any, it could be from, you can win a new boat. Some of them have like, like especially like a circuit, like you can win 10 grand, 20 grand, 30 grand. There's some derbies that will like you'll win like a skidoo as the main prize it's uh really depends on like how so like my... if it's like a professional like one that you need to qualify for sometimes the the prize can be two hundred fifty thousand dollars in canada uh in canada there's some like the kbi is one of the biggest ones um my one of my probably my best fishing partner chase his his father uh kind of grew up in the golden age of this so he fished the kbi when he was probably 20 oh, sorry what's kbi it's the kildonan bass internet uh kenora bass <laughs> kildonan <laughs> kenora bass international okay it's kbi okay. it's a big 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 bass tournament probably one of the biggest ones in this area and uh people from all over the world will come for it but uh chase's like Back in, the, I think, the 90s, they used to have a separate category if you had a smaller motor. Like, if you had a s small enough boat with a small enough motor, you would win more money if you could win the tournament because you were at a disadvantage. And his Chase's father actually went out and sourced a smaller boat to use for the tournament <laughs> just, to do that. just to do that, and then he ended up winning. Nice. Yeah, just to say, fuck you, I don't need and a big boat. And how much you win? Uh, I don't know. Like we could look it up. What it, the prize is? Usually, it's a new bass boat, which is like nowadays like seventy, eighty grand, and that's more than a year's wage for yeah, and people. in two days of fishing. Yeah. Okay. So okay, but there's yeah, but if you're gonna do that, you need to get for, sponsored. It's probably to do. unrealistic for somebody to win a yeah, bass if you, tournament. Yeah, if so, you're working fifty hours a week, this is not a realistic I'm pass just, for you. So the average American or Canadian. Who get, likes the outdoors? Get a job at a lodge is one of your best options. Okay. What if um, that's what if they that's not really an option to like relocate their family and everything? Uh save up money and buy a cabin. Okay. Um and go fish. And rent it out as an Airbnb. But essentially, like right now it's kind of like it, it's a great side hustle. But as for like I, I don't know any guys who like have their own like guiding business that are like extremely wealthy. Like, but the the guys I know, thing, like here, you could thing, you though, could Mitch, build a shack and do ice fishing. That's a, one of the okay, things. Okay, yeah, yeah. But here's the thing, though, Mitch is like I don't think anyone, or obviously people do, but like anyone who's like I just love the outdoors, they probably don't give a fuck about being extremely wealthy. If no, they could, it, if they could just fish seven days a week. Yeah, you know, I think a lot of people would be happier. Yeah, that's wealthy. That yeah, whatever your time wealth, right? Yeah. Yeah. If you want to get out and guy and be on the water all the time, yeah. then you should just quit your job and become a full-time guy. And do you, you think there's, do, that. do you think the market's big enough for pe everyone to do that? Like or um, everyone that's listening to do that? It depends on how good you are at reaching your target market because it's 
because like, you got to find the people that'll pay you. Yeah, they're like local so, people won't exactly pay unless they really see the value in it. They're like I find a lot of local people are like because oh, they, know they just the like well they just see enough like f- photos on Facebook they can think they can do it themselves like they don't understand. How did people find your lodge? How uh, did the richest man in Canada come to your lodge? I think his brother found it, but the I've actually talked to the owner about this quite a bit because. I asked because I feel That's like it, a good, converting your advertisements to David Thompson is worth a little bit of fucking money. It's it was like I remember talking to her when she was like working the deal out. It was more like someone was reaching out being like, and she was like, Mitch, do you think it would be cool to have the Jets like the owner of the Jets up here? I'm like, hell yeah, it would be cool to have the owner of the Jets up here. And it was kind of like a friend of a friend of a friend. It was yeah. recommendation came for that, which comes from but, good service. Yeah, but a lot of what actually happens, especially for the American, um, the American consumer, is the like the big boat shows. Okay. So the lodges all winter they'll be touring the boat shows in the states. They'll go to Iowa, you know. They'll go to Texas. So okay, so and they'll you own have a, lo- a booth. You own a lodge in Manitoba. And you go buy a booth at the boat show in Iowa. Yeah, and okay. you like and you go and sell trips at your lodge okay because i i'm uh it is very well known that we have some of the best fishing i do a lot of fucking trade shows so that now you're speaking my language that's essentially like i know how to go to a trade show and sell somebody on my my fucking product that's so. essentially what it is okay all right and and it's pivoting now though because those sh- shows are getting less and less numbers every year well covid yeah but it's it's also just consumer habits right so okay well, there is going to be a shift. I don't know exactly. What do you think the best way then is to reach people like social media marketing? Yeah. I don't think any lodge is really like broken into like anything TikTok related that like mm. can Dude, actually generate any sort shit, of views. This shit would do so well on TikTok. I actually. You know, the fish, really, the fucking, like all All you need to do, do is so have well. someone who knows how to film the right content. Yeah. That's yeah. all it is. And then like, be knowledgeable enough. I catch, I, there's lots of great footage just from me fishing, but I can't film and fish at the same time. You know what I yeah. mean? My favorite piece of content that you sent us. Oh, thanks for taking that shot with me, buddy. Sorry. Cheers. <laughs> it just takes a shot. <laughs> it was lingering too long. I'll choose you on this. Um, I was going to pour a shot for everybody, but I, ugh, I don't like that. It's not great. Jack um, Daniels, baby. It's, a, mix. t- it's you, a mixer. Where's uh, it made again? Tennessee. Tennessee whiskey, baby. Sour mash. Um, I was going to pour a shot for Tyler. can in Lynchburg, Tennessee, though. <laughs> Tyler was uh, telling um, me to fuck off when I tried to pour him a shot because he has to drive. But me and uh, I'm sleeping here, and Mitch gets to ride with Tyler. So, <laughs> yes. So we're, we can take shots. Anyway, but my favorite piece of content you ever produced on a guiding was you were guiding for a bachelorette party. Yeah, that was uh, and you sent us one a, of my favorite groups. You sent us a, be, you sent us a Snapchat from this bachelor party hanging off the side of your boat, and then they all took their tits out. <laughs> That's allegedly uh, I will, uh, allegedly I will neither confirm nor deny this. <laughs> so that was a good piece not, of content. Definitely do not have that video on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, um, none of our girlfriends would ever listen to us talk for three hours on a podcast so. uh, no. or care if they found out anyways yeah exactly um they but, were fun man 
they were a fun group. A lot of like less needy than a lot of the guys I got <laughs> guide. Uh, they like hook a fish. I'd be like, get up with the net. They'd be like, Mitch, just sit down, please. <laughs> I'd be like, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> you let me know when you need me. <laughs> so we're kind of going over time here, but so just just to finish up. So if somebody wanted to kind of monetize their love for the outdoors. You would probably recommend maybe starting part-time, starting on the weekends when you're free anyway. Yeah. And then you know, just, if you have the equipment, you can actually make quite a bit of money. And then TikTok, I, we're both in agreement here. I think that the 10-second video of you catching a fish and then right at the end of the TikTok, the last two seconds, be like... Bolio Guiding Service. Bolio Guiding up. Service, like follow us. Like, yeah, I, I, I because I think that hunting, uh, fishing... Even like showing cool shit in the wilderness is so nature porn. Well, it's, it's so short form oriented, like TikTok, Instagram reels, uh, YouTube shorts. I think it's, it's so oriented to that kind of thing because it's such like visceral. Everyone can understand that, like killing a deer, getting a fish, seeing a water like going through the fucking tree and you open it's a waterfall or something like that like you know like all of that is so visceral to us as humans because that's like such an ancient kind of thing yeah i I, where i i think that you're but then like would you agree that a lot of people that do these these um lodges and shit are like boomer kind of people that like i don't want internet because i live on a lodge the it it depends it depends on like the Honestly, it depends on the state and the industry and the age because a lot of guys will want to listen to just country or like yeah. something chill when they're fishing. Some guys are like, no, nah, I want to hear the fucking eagles chirp <laughs> when I'm fishing. Like, yeah. I want to hear the wind. I want to yeah. hear the water. I'm like, all right. Well, so they don't even want like a radio on the boat. Yeah. Interesting. So it's it kind of depends on who comes up. Yeah. But uh, you, you do get a like – it's almost I noticed that a lot of people it's almost like they get starstruck when they're in a place like that because it's like you get in the boat and you're like okay my phone doesn't work yeah and then you're like then you like pick your head up and you look around and you're like holy <laughs> shit this is fucking beautiful <laughs> me Mitch what kind of rock is that like yeah. why is that rock pink and like holy shit what kind of tree is that I'm like I don't know fucking know I'm not a botanist <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I, uh, a fish I, I could tell you where the fish are and why they're there yeah but uh yeah and do you think knowledge is important when you're doing guiding like do you think like people are asking you questions do you think being able to answer that yeah honestly i wish i knew more being like a jail level autist about anything (laughs) it's i just i don't possess that we say that with the the most amount of appreciation and affection jail we love you and autist we love you exactly (laughs) beep that all out <laughs> I, I explained it to jl actually how i think about fishing once yeah. and he was kind of blown away because it's it's very like spatial the way i think about fishing because hmm. like when i'm boating on the river i think about it as like well it's like navy thinking it's like depth and coordinates and um like the way the water flows and what the fish are doing it's like yeah, every day when I start out, it's I go through checklist. It's like we check here. If there's fish. Nope. We go to the next spot. All right, there's a f- couple fish here. W- wasn't as good as I want. We're gonna try a new spot. It's uh, it's very methodical. So I used to go fishing with my uh, grandfather, 
Uh, he had a place at uh, Lac Lou in uh, south of Lake of the Woods. Or yep, I've heard of it. East of Lake of the Woods. One of the guys I guided with was from there. Man, if they fuck it, they sold that cabin when he died, and I was fifteen. I bet you the price is oh, just skyrocketing. If I could get that cabin back, man. But whatever. Anyway. What we got to do is buy a golf course on the edge of Lake of the Woods <laughs> or something and then break it up. I used to fish with him, and uh, I, I didn't like it. It wasn't uh, because I consider myself pretty methodical as far as business goes. Like I, I understand delayed gratification yeah. because I, I build businesses for a living, and it takes years before you see a result. But I was just something about the... I, I don't know. You have to be able to uh, make the guest understand that I like a lot of guides uh, kind of struggle with that. It's like, cause I'll explain to people why I'm doing the things I'm doing and like my thoughts behind it. And like, it makes sense. Yeah. So like if we go to a spot and like, we don't catch fish, you at least know that I went there for a fucking reason. And yeah. I thought there was going to be something yeah. or I'm just running through the checklist because that's sometimes all you need to do with fish. Yeah. So, like, I've actually had a lot of guys be with me in my boat and be like, okay, like, I'm happy you're explaining this to me because a lot of guys will just, like, take them to one spot, be like, okay, reel up, and then take them to a new spot, be like, drop down, reel up. And it's like they don't actually explain, like, anything about what's going on. So then, like, as a guest, all you're thinking is like, man, what the fuck is this guy, like, okay, taking me to do? Like, that's That's actually an interesting point because like so i i always try to relate stuff like like any anytime anyone explains a business to me i try to relate it to my business because that's what i know and that's what i've been doing my entire adult life so that's like giving someone a, sh a sample of alcohol and then not explaining where it's from or what it is or like anything right yeah like giving them like here's a wine sample and then they're like they take it and they're like okay what else, like what else? Like what was it made of? Like, yeah, well, you like almost need to like preface it. It's like, hey, yeah. this is my raspberry wine. This is how we make it. This is that. And then you like prep them. It's like when they try it, it's like, oh, now I have perfect. the context. Yeah, yeah. So it's the same thing with like, this is why we're going to this fishing spot, and the, yeah. 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 Oftentimes I'll point out on my map. I'm like, we're here now. The reason I'm parked here is because like the current. There's no way we'd get to the spot. Like we'd have our lures in the right spot with. It like the way the current's going. So we need to like drift 30 feet. And this Which is, is where cool. I think the fish are going to be. Cause like, I think that what you just said is like, I would be like, Oh, I wouldn't even fucking thought of that. Cause as soon as someone tells me something that they're an expert in that I don't understand at all, I would never have fucking compensated for the current. You know what I mean? Like shit like that. Like, yeah. I, so when you say that to me, I'm like, Oh lit. Like that's cool. Like it's like, okay, that makes sense. Now yeah. I'm like, okay yeah. with what we're doing and not just sitting there questioning the whole time like why isn't something tugging on my line yeah which is a lot of like yeah a lot so of maybe like a tiktok where you're explaining shit like that yeah, yeah like there's a there's a couple this people is why I, i'm doing this with the boat yeah you guys follow that lawyer on tiktok that's the always labor like, lawyer i i don't know the they, guy who explains your workers rights no no, no. there's this guy that's always <laughs> like you know what our politics are thanks yeah. for that comment right there i, I, I followed him <laughs> because he did like uh he got pulled he like did a skit where he gets pulled over by cops or whatever and he's like yeah. actually your rights are this and he like explains the whatever but people to do that for the law it'd be cool to do like a just a 10 second 15 second tiktok of like explaining like like so you're in a boat like do a little skit right like where you're in a boat Here's some free content for you guys. 
You can do it on a green screen even, so you don't even have to fucking go out there. Be on a boat, and then the the person you're fishing with is like, yeah, but why do we stop here? And you look at the camera, and you're like, actually, it's because the current will move us 30 feet down. Like, I think that'd be good content. Like, I agree with you. Yeah. yeah. I agree with you. So get a green screen and a shitty boat and, that and doesn't you run. Think that's, even even that's, keeping you were, your boat on top of your lures in the current is a skill that a lot of people don't have. I, like, I fish with a lot of guys who guide still, and I'm looking at them like, your fucking lures are like 30 feet away, man. Like, they should be directly beneath your boat all the time. If they're not, you're shitty at driving a boat. <laughs> See, I don't even know what that means, but yeah. okay. All right, all right. So, back to tip of the tip of the tip yeah, of the Yeah, so we're going to tr- the... We haven't even started it yet. I thought you tried. No, I... Well, tip of the I... day is to hire a professional fishing guide. If you want to learn if you want to make that fishing. your tip, that's actually Hold a great, on. that's so, actually a great tip. It's just, like he's like forget about how to run it. a guiding business. He just yeah, hire a professional, him. aka um, me. <laughs> so if yeah, you, I'll take you fishing. If you want to, no, okay. So here is the uh, we're gonna move into our last segment of the show that we call. I have an intro now. Tip of the morning. Tip, tip of the morning. Tip of the morning. Tip of the morning. Um, let's go. Tip of the morning, 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 tip of the morning. Hold on. Let's get this shit. Let's get this shit. Let's get this shit. Let's So I'm going to, I'll put it in this one because fuck it. But that intro that you just heard, um, I am going to have to change because YouTube's automatic copyrights uh, system caught it. And lucky us, this will be our most listened to podcast ever. Um, <laughs> but I don't know about Spotify's rules. Uh, like YouTube lets me upload it still. I don't. Spotify might just remove it. Anyways, anyways, this is the same that we call tip of the week or tip of the morning or whatever, where um, Tyler and I and our guests give you a business or life tip that we are currently going through in uh, in 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 life. So. Okay. Does anyone want to? Do you want to start, or do you want to wait for us to think of one? Can I go with the tip that I mentioned? You can do whatever you want. Yeah, man. When you, when I blurted it out earlier, (laughs) yeah, go for it. Well, I guess my tip for the listeners is, if you want to monetize the outdoors, don't sell yourself out. Be honest about it. It's uh, it's tough. You know, like it's not every day's success. That's just the way it is, and that's the beauty of it. And you got to sell that. You don't got to sell a fish every day. That's not what it's about. Like, it's the consistency. It's the beauty of the nature you're in. And the time you have. That's all it is. It's not about the biggest fish every day or the biggest buck or the biggest, you know, stag. It's about having fun in the outdoors. And that's what I'm about. And I guess that's why I haven't monetized it that, uh, that And well. see, this is why I want to partner with Mitchell to monetize it because I only give a shit about monetizing and he only gives a shit about the outdoors. So it, it's, it's a match made in heaven is what it is. There we go. So this episode is going to be called monetizing the outdoors with Mitchell. That's racist. I don't think I've ever pronounced your name correctly. You try it. I've done. Okay. So my legitimate attempt will be like it's french boilo no boilio 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 it means beautiful place for all you guys listening oh word that kind of works that is that is fucking poetic i've definitely said boily i've said boila i've said boilu i used to say boilio boilio is the best i can spell it boilio but boilio 
Boil here. Boil. Shut the fuck up, Willow. <laughs> <laughs> you do not know how to English. I'm no, no, it's actually French. He doesn't know how to uh, French. I'm, yeah, he no, doesn't I'm, know how to French. I'm yeah. notoriously <laughs> bad on my French accent. <laughs> like I can't. Anyway, Tyler, give me your fucking tip of the week. Uh, tip of the tip of the tip of the. Um, I would say um, it is both enjoyable and not, which means nothing. Uh, eat shit for like two to three years at whatever thing that uh, you think you're really good at or that you're passionate in, just eat a lot of shit because uh, it's not going to be good. It's not going to make you a lot of money. It's going to hurt. It might be expensive. It might suck a lot. Um, hence, you know, suffering while fishing and not catching anything. Just eat shit for a while before you decide whether or not it's It's good. a learning moment when you're not catching shit. Exactly. Yeah. Like, you got to... The, the suffering, I think, is the most enjoyable part of it. And it... Just go into it saying, I'm going to eat shit for three years and enjoy the, the whole thing because that's going to give you the most incredible advantage over everybody else because if you can enjoy your own suffering, you're going to fucking win. Can I can I tap in yes. with some, we have some very uh, little generic finish, yeah, fishing advice? Yeah, we have very little rules in this podcast. So. One of the best fishing advice that I've come to learn is that if you go to a spot and you try your fucking thing for 30 minutes and you don't catch anything... Do not try for another 30 minutes. Switch it up. Try something else. And that's another good, uh, that's what you should do with life. So eat yeah, shit, for two, to, yeah, eat yeah, shit yeah. for two to three years, but also pay attention and yeah, uh, innovate like, and, yeah. and reiterate and change your mind and improve. Don't just eat shit yeah. blindly. Yeah, Think that, about it. That's a good point. That's a good point. Eat, think about this shit you're eating. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Is it good shit? Eat shit cognizant. Am I learning something? Yeah. If the lesson is learned in the, in the first two uh, months, switch. Eat shit cognizantly is our shirt of the week. If you want to purchase <laughs> yeah. that yes. shirt, go to linktree.com slash vote. Uh, I would wear eat that. Shit but woke. This point. Yeah. Um, so my tip of the week is going to be related to our dear friend Mitchell here. Thank <gasps> you. Um, I'm, I assume you have friends in your life. List, uh, dear listener. More than most. Um, One or two, actually. Or are you talking I'm Mitchell? I'm not talking the, to any okay. of you. I'm, okay. talking to, I'm talking to the listener. I was going to say, Mitch is the reason I have friends. Um, if, they, if you have friends in your <laughs> life, or even family, or whoever, I feel bad now that I'm saying this, if they're listening and they don't have any friends, but this is something that Tyler and I do, this podcast, and there's a little part of me that wants to include my friends in this system. And so I was thinking, I brought this up to Tyler probably three or four weeks ago, getting you on the podcast. And I said, like, we try to do like, obviously we go on tangents, but we try to make it kind of a business centered. Yeah. And I was kind of brainstorming with him, like how to get it. Like, what are you, what, where do your interests and the business interests kind of How do they align? melt? Yeah. And so, yeah, no, and I think we did a really good job talking about kind of monetizing the outdoors and, and, and guiding and, and guns and stuff like that. I think that's that's your expertise, and I think that's interesting uh, for the listener. But so my tip of the week would just be, like, try to, like, spend a fucking hour and think about how you can include your friends or the people or your family or the people that you like or love in the stuff that you're already doing because – I know they say never hire your friends, but this is a little bit different. Like, I love working with my friends. I think it, collaboration is uh, one of the best things you can do in life, and I think... Uh, I agree. I, I, so, 
That's why I cook all the the spoils <laughs> of my adventures for you guys. All the deer meat, all the fish, all the ducks. So next episode you come on, you gotta That's bring true. some fucking uh, some some duck and deer meat, and uh, we'll feed you liquor. You feed us meat. I'll, we'll have to like invent Please some sort of like meat. meat shot or something. We'll do like Caesars with like a big wild meat stick on it or something. <laughs> the, the, so this is meat segment. <laughs> yeah. The weirdest shot we ever did was uh, Hennessy and Pepto Bismol. <laughs> we should do some prairie fires with a chunk of duck meat on top. I'm down. What's in that? Tabasco, tequila, egg, right? egg yolk, something else. I think it's. Tab- They're fucking gross. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's whiskey, Tabasco sauce, and an egg yolk. I'm pretty sure is a prairie fire. I'm down. Yeah. Say no more. Okay. So uh, the the um, <laughs> the last suggested that uh, the last thing I want to say here is uh, shout out to Riley Reed, um, the porn, I mean adult corn star actress. Um, so she's just a star. She tweeted. Don't segment her. She hasn't done anything towards this podcast, but she tweeted, I want to get on more podcasts. Um, what should I, who should I go on? And I responded, Hey, I have a podcast with 16 listeners that, um, we debate business topics, both sober and drunk to see if we come to the same conclusions, just like the ancient Persians did in their parliament. And, uh, that was the most liked reply on her tweet from a non-verified person. So nice. Um, so she's going to be in your podcast. If she comes, no, let her so, know if she needs a seat. I will be it. <laughs> so she, <didn't, laughs> my face no, will be so available. <laughs> she probably didn't even see it because it, that wasn't me. Tower just dropped a big can uh, pile of cans. But anyway, I don't know if you know. Willis was using the force. Uh, if you're verified on Twitter, uh, you can go to a tab where you only see replies from other verified people. You only see notifications. Are from you other verified? verified no, but I know this exists. So she probably hasn't even seen my response. But uh, the episode that was the most recent when I posted that comment is our highest viewed episode since the launch. Really? Yeah. Um, we got about three times the... Well, I hope you new listeners like hearing what I have to say. Yeah, yeah. So we, have, we had three times the listeners, the average listeners for the month following from that episode since I posted that on Spotify, YouTube, and Apple Music. Uh, we three X'd our previous five episodes uh, views. Sweet. So uh, I want to say thank you, Riley Reed, for um, inadvertently promoting. Inadvertently us. letting me promote that. In uh, reality, please come on our show. If you yeah. came, I would be very, very happy if you came on the show. <laughs> <laughs> um, she's married now, so uh, she's okay. still a great personality. Yeah. Anyway, this has been Alcohol Beyond This Point. Professionally speaking. This has been Alcohol Beyond This Point. Um, follow us on Instagram, Alcohol Beyond This Point. And uh, Mitch, do you want people to find you? Or Sure, not? yeah. Find me at Mitchell Bow on uh, Instagram, M-I-T-C-H-E-L-L-B-E-A-U. Forget the Leah. But, uh, yeah, follow me. Well, thanks post for co- fishing photos. That's thanks, about it. Thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thanks uh, for having me. I hope you guys have me back. There's lots more topics we could talk about. In the Absolutely. Outdoors. So, uh, for reference, We've only also broached it today. Yeah, whenever we <laughs> whenever we talk about our like our mastermind chats, whatever night before we do this, uh, Mitchell Mitch is, is always the on last jail who has been on this podcast twice already or three times. Um, is the third, and then Mitchell is the fourth. No, Tower's the fourth. I'm the first. Jay- <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. This is my I didn't, idea. I didn't know it was I'm numbered. The, I'm the first. Um, it's the Willows mastermind. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 
It is. Jail really? just jail just yeah. rants more than everyone else, so he gets a uh, top tier position because we, we also it, live it, jail so has easier to get on and incomprehensible ability to absorb new topics weekly that yeah. <laughs> I will never understand. On a I weekly am an basis. I ex- expert on certain things, and that's about so, as far as okay. it goes. So we're over two <laughs> yeah. hours now. I don't want to go any farther, but sure. the one thing I do want to say, Mitchell, is that when we started drinking together, because you're you're a friend of a friend. Now we're friends. But when I'm we happy were, for that. I, I I'm happy for that as well, buddy. But when we were introduced, you were a friend of a friend. And I remember not having a bad opinion of you when we met, but like having a, this is some meathead. So I wrote, I wrote on the board behind you. Who's this meathead? Because, um, (laughs) Oh, I was wondering why that was there. Because when I met, when I met you, I'm like, this is a guy who talks about hunting and fishing. And that's all uh, Sophie ever described you as is like this hunting part of me, hunting and fishing guy. Or whatever, and then I remember the one of the first times we had a drunk conversation. You just started bringing out like good vocabulary words, and I was good like, "Vocabulary yeah. words, <laughs> I'm full of them." <laughs> and I, 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 but I just well, remember, this is drunk. Yeah, but I just remember thinking, like, wait a second, like, why does this guy know these words? And then we got into deeper into topics. I'm like, oh, you're like pretty smart, which like, no offense, or I guess offense, but like, I don't. <laughs> Maybe I'm just a chameleon. But, like, you are a strong, beefy meathead who likes the outdoors, and I just assume you're going to be like Joe Rogan. And negative. Well, just not... not too much free thinking no, for and, that. No, and people people are allowed to be dumb intellectually and then good at, like... I'm bad at the outdoors, right? I respect the fuck out of people that can go and camp and, and fish and shit. I can't do that. Like so, if you want to hear the opposite of what you said, my best friend Chase, who uh, is probably my best fishing partner, um, he thought I was just some city kid when I met him. It's just the the circumstances. Like I, I walked I recall, in, I had a nice hairdo. I don't know if you, you want to say it. But it was I, at a karaoke bar. I recall you pulled out a bag of marijuana from your bag, and he was like, "Wait, no, I." I <laughs> He, I pulled up to the lodge on my first day, and he like walked up to like he's a nice guy, you know. I'm the same. He like walked up. He's like, "Hey, buddy, you need a hand like carrying some shit." And I handed him a bag, and I was like, "Be careful with this. It has my bong in it." <laughs> <laughs> and then I had met him two weeks prior at like a bar, and like he thought I was just some city kid that didn't know how to fish, and like I just like like peruse jessica like fooled her into thinking that like i'm a fishing guide and then when i handed him my bag with my bong and like warned him about it he was like huh maybe this guy's all right yeah (laughs) that's pretty funny and then ever since we've been best friends yeah the bong is the threshold yeah i just i just remember always being every time you say something no, you say a lot of smart things, but every time you like use a word that like I wouldn't even use, you often do. Like, you have a pretty good vocabulary. I'm not, and I'm always like, "Oh yeah, this kid's smart." I always forget that. <laughs> I, I when I graduated from high school, I went into directly into university to yeah. be a doctor. Like I, I don't yeah, consider myself dumb. I don't like, think any of you, you guys like, do. No, me you and just Tyler don't. Are I just, so I like, just fucking love the outdoors. You just don't yeah. dominate and conversation I, with. Uh, facts like jail <laughs> no 
th- there's sometimes where I say something, but like your guys' conversations move so fast sometimes. Yeah, yeah me, just like yeah, yeah. Uh, me and JL especially. Like, like me, well, me and Zach and JL. Jump jut in it. The three of us like just talk over people, and then like I realized that I was Zach seven... driving with him to Spruce House <laughs> this weekend. Yeah, I had to just well, fucking talk over him sometimes. Zach, if you listen to this, Zach, I love you. Fuck him. And you know your problem. Zach's worse. <laughs> Zach's worse than me. Like he he will just. But whatever. But like. But Z- Jail and I and Zach and I are yeah. Like you said, our conversations move so fucking fast, and we have like three different branches of conversation going on at the same time, and it's just like yeah. And I hate to say it, but you guys are like have a deeper interest in the world than I do. I I find that uh, of the four of us, I have the. Uh, maybe Tyler is probably the closest to me, like the most localized worldview. Yeah, you guys are the dumb yeah. ones. No. We have, it, it, it's it's one. not dumb, man. We it's, brought ourselves well, down to earth because we realize the esoteric is just a quagmire, and we don't yeah. want to fucking kill ourselves. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> like uh, we're, the we're the least. Shit, we're the like, least what of, can I do yeah. that will make a difference? Like, yeah. I'm trying to get on a couple boards, like uh, volunteer fishing boards here, like try to okay. dictate some of the funding for like for uh like uh volunteer programs for fishing yeah i think that i think that's the next thing that uh, i is last, in my life last thing i'll say before we finish up is that weirdly not so fish my brother my little brother who passed away at 19 years old was uh he described fishing at my cabin as the only time he was ever at peace and we actually sponsored Shrugging Doctor. My company sponsored a charity fishing tournament. Really? Uh, with under his name. You guys should sponsor me. We'll talk about it. But but uh, so, as someone who doesn't like the outdoors at all, fishing and that whole thing, that whole sport, has like a special place in my heart. I, I think that I could attain that feeling for you if you came fishing with me. What's true? I caught some I fish a, money. I caught a master the last time I went with Mitch. So I also like sushi. That so. is true. I'm not. That was a hell of a time. I'm gonna say not counting the last time, okay. but the last time I caught a, a we master. Keep, we keep <laughs> ranting. We're we're over two hours, so yeah. we keep. Thanks we for coming. This up. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Uh, we appreciate Thank it. Thank you, listeners. Thanks for listening to me too. <laughs> if if you if you like Mitchell, give us a thumbs up. We'll have him back on the podcast. Um, follow us and have me um, back anyways. Fuck the listeners. <laughs> That's my. That's what that's, I always that's, say. That's Tyler's <laughs> position. I love the listeners. He hates the listeners. I always say, "Fuck the listener." <laughs> um. Yeah. Bye. I guess. Right. Thanks. Yeah. Bye. Alcohol beyond this point. Podcast. This isn't two podcasters talking business. This is two business guys trying to podcast.